warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 188. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers, and you're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers, and the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Stop. Hammer time. Yeah, we're back. Whole crew this episode. Woohoo! Yeah. All in one room together. All in one room. <laughs> I don't know. I Man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're here. No, yeah, we're here. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I don't know if it's going to be better. You know yeah, what I mean? I think it will be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah the, oh, the chemistry. <laughs> oh, the chemistry. Well, I was just thinking down here it won't echo as much so you can't yell at me about my beverage. Oh, uh, the crap will sound better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just the crap will sound better. <laughs> Audio will be better. Jake's on the way to polish the turd. Ridiculous. <laughs> so much background bullshit noise in that last episode. It, it's like I got – no, it's like I got you fucking recording in like some kind of like drainage tube <laughs> and then – I don't, you know, I don't know. It was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. Dude, was it dishes. really bad that last episode? Lots huh? of, was there lots of background noise in the last episode? I, yeah, I completely was. threw your ass off by my fucking ice rattling around in my. Oh, cup. that's right. The Are ice you doing in my dishes? ears. Yeah. And you so. didn't remember what you were talking about afterward. <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, let everybody know, like. uh why, why, why do you listen to this every week? <laughs> that's, you, a, that's a good question. It, it, hey, isn't it? Yeah. They like us. They really like us. <laughs> they, have lots, they, have, they have one of those jobs where they can listen to podcasts well, while working. I don't know. Nah. It's like that or listen to the machine. Is that it, Jake? Is it, oh, I, got, I got fucking three hours to kill. I yeah. got, so I'm going to listen to these asshats. It has to be. And then Frank's positive energy over there. They like us. They really like, fuck off with that <laughs> shit. You know, it's just like you can, like the news that we report, you can read it anywhere. That's how we get it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But it's not like, it's not, you know what I mean? I've got, oh, big secret guys. <laughs> oh, cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Nobody's uh, getting a hold of us, but they're like, Hey, you know what I heard about this one Star Wars scene? <laughs> Did it, you have any trouble getting that one out there, Frank? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. 
little, little stumbly wumbly going on at the end there. Yeah. One Jeez. Star Wars scene. You barely started. Barely started drinking. Yeah, I know. Jesus. I ran out of air. Oh man, I haven't drank since C two E two. Wow. Yeah. I, I I need to get fucking. I need to get plastered. Yeah. I need to get fucked Fox up. Fuck's got whiskey. It sounds like a plan. No. <laughs> the only time I've ever blacked out of yeah, we're gonna get to the advertised fuck the advertised we don't content. Even have advertised content. I don't. I don't even know what this episode's. Gonna, uh, oh, here he goes. He's going off. Man, Brian's <laughs> talking about whiskey. There's a twinkle no, in my. You gotta eye. understand. Like I uh, today, I, I got like barely got any sleep last night, and my allergies are kicking my mm. ass. Thank you, Frank, though, for the Claritin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This show brought to you by Claritin. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't. Ha- you didn't have the Claritin D, which I like the D. Yeah. Telling you, I was a big fan of the D. Yeah, nah, I'm the only D in this house. Oh, oh. <laughs> I found that out earlier. <laughs> but no, like uh, the the decongestant. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, I was wondering what the D stood for. Yeah, decongestant clears you right up. Is, isn't that component the same thing that's in Sudafed that like they make meth with? Mm, oh yeah, so. yeah. You probably have so. to sign something when you when you buy it or yeah, something. Yeah, it's behind the counter. Yeah. yeah, I hate having to do that. It's a hassle. Yeah, I know. When I make my meth, I just want it to be hassle free. <laughs> Making you know? meth is such a pain in the ass. One it of the totally first, is. On one of the first dates, me and Kelly went on. I can't remember why we had. <laughs> they to made stop meth there. as a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to this workshop and make some meth, honey. <laughs> I can't remember why. This guy we Walter's to, holding it. I can't remember why we had to stop at Walgreens. I think she just had to snag a prescription or something. Yeah. And then I went and grabbed a package of Sudafed and batteries and put it up on the counter and just looked at her. I'm like, what? Just to fuck with her? Her eyes fucked out of her head. Huh. <laughs> Use batteries too? Is that a thing? That's part of it. Oh, oh come Everything on. I know I learned from Breaking Bad. I don't know the rest of this shit. Yeah. Right. Well, let's not give our listeners any ideas. <laughs> fuck, we, if Breaking Bad didn't fucking give people ideas, this show ain't gonna do it. I, I'm fine with our listeners making money off of men. <laughs> <laughs> More power to <laughs> This episode brought to you by Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt. Does a body good. Yeah. Good old Matt. Ah. <sighs> We could Let's use some here. meth right, right now. I, I could. I, I seriously could. <laughs> Wake our asses yeah, up. I, don't, I just don't know why people listen to this. You can get your news anywhere. Anyway. Yeah, that's a very good question. All right, yeah. Uh, we've been uh, plugging bumpers. Yeah. Plugging bumpers. Let's Plug plug them again. Bumpers, bump, bump, bump it up. Let's let's not ever plug them that way again. <laughs> ever, please, please. I like our relationship with bumpers. I don't want it to go away. Probably got an email sitting there. You got to stop this, Frank. Just no, stop. Uh, bumpers is a uh, yeah. Your first bumper. I'm like, really? You're gonna come out with that? Yeah, it came out. Really? What was Frank's bumper? Uh, that was where I teabagged my old boss's uh, oh, name yes, badge. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Slap my dick on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Welcome to welcome to PCL Bumpers. <laughs> hey, that's spawned a series, Philip Giet. I think that's how you pronounce it, right? <laughs> Philip Giet. I thought he One had two rats for a second. Yeah, he I made know. me that picture. I don't know how to for, pronounce his fucking oh. name. Yeah, he made me that picture and spawned uh, Frank's fireside chats out of that. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, maybe it's Philip Goulet. It could be. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, bumpers. Um, <laughs> when there's an app on your uh, iPhone, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm just this. Ah, not not feeling it this episode, fellas. I hear you. Yeah, but what about bumpers? Be- beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see adults that talk about other things and not just my toddler. We got we got to do stuff. We got to talk. What is what is going on with your with your voice right now? Yeah, that was weird. What is Uh-oh. going on? 
I was just, I couldn't even talk. I was just staring. Yeah, it's like uh, you're trying to get like this little cute, like uh, weird. I don't know what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I don't know. I was just excited to be able to talk to adults. My name's Frank. Like, Can I talk like this right now? Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> like when all puppy dog on us. I know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You sound like a fucking tween oh, doing, a, doing a YouTube video. Or yeah, something. I've been hanging out with Corn the last couple of days too. Maybe Knock it off. That's okay. fucking weird. Yes, sir. Jesus. <laughs> 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 anyway, back to bumpers. Um, yeah, bumpers. It's an app you can download it on your iPhone or iPad, and uh, you can record your own little mini podcast right there off your phone. You can add uh, little segues and then music and uh, little special effects. It's pretty neat, and it's free, mm-hmm. and it's free, and we do them. Just look up Pop Culture Leftovers on the Bumpers app, or you can uh, just download, uh, subscribe to bite-sized leftovers on iTunes and listen to them that way. And uh, the more you download, the more you contribute to the show. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you very much, Jake. You've been you've been tearing up the bumpers yes. lately. I know. I know. Just, I know. Uh, just a just a madman on bumpers, Jake. <laughs> I know. I love the bumpers. Love the bumpers. I've been listening to a lot of bumpers. Just We're, not recording recording any. Recording not so much. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. <laughs> too busy playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> yes, for sure. I can't do both apps at once on my phone. Oh, that's a shame. It is a shame. <laughs> do, do a bumper about how nobody's playing that fucking shit anymore. Oh, it's not true. And uh, People oh, still play oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. There's there's still a few of them out there. I'm just saying, like, it, the, the, I'm just saying. Uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the popularity has gone down a little. Oh bit. yeah, it's not yeah. it's not the mass hysteria yeah. that it was. Yeah. Those people have moved on to like fidget spinners now. Oh god, those things. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So there's those things are ridiculous. I, I've looked on Amazon and they got ones anywhere from like fifty to two hundred and fifty fucking dollars. Wow. For a fucking fidget spinner. That's fucking raking it in on the fucking fad. Get Jesus. one for five bucks at Walmart. No they have shit. Like whole end caps of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need to. I need to get more more proactive on the bumpers game with you guys. Yeah, that's what we're having an intervention right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Intervention. Like, is what's going on? Is it are you doing all right? I, 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 Jake, I've noticed you're not using the bumpers. I feel like the uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the the manager in that <laughs> office space for. Uh, <laughs> For tchotchkes, you know? <laughs> like, Frank, you're displaying, like, your uh, 37 things pieces of, of flair. Pieces of flair or whatever. <laughs> Jake, you've just – you haven't been bumping it up. Yeah, I know. I know. I haven't been meeting my bumpers quota. Yeah. I'll get on that. Yeah. yeah. Jake tearing up the old bumpers app. Can't keep the guy off the damn thing. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's why my phone's always dead. My phone's dead right now. Jake, right now. Jake did one bumper. <laughs> Is that all I've done? You've created a series and made no bumpers <laughs> for that series. That's true. True as well. Yeah. That's true as well. So yeah, guys, uh, join in on all the fun that Jake's having <laughs> with the old bumpers app. Download it on your iPhone or your <laughs> iPad and join in on all the fun. Jake will be there. <laughs> it's spirit. Listen, <laughs> I'm listening. All right, uh, let's see here. Let's uh, move into some iTunes reviews. It's Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Energy. Put my seatbelt back on. I am 
I am just no stranger to energy right now. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, this comes from Stal J sixty two eighty eight. What makes him decide on sixty two eighty eight? All idea. the numbers, yeah. all the four different digit combinations. Six, maybe birthday, June second, nineteen eighty eight. Maybe mm, that could be it. Yeah. That'd be really stupid of him to do that if that's what he did because that's like uh, hack worthy information. It's not a password, though, Frank. It's just his iTunes name. You don't need to hack it. You can just look right on iTunes and see it. That's still true, though. You wouldn't want to put that sensitive information in your shit. <laughs> I tossed his name. Oh, God. I tossed this conversation. <laughs> Sorry I even brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Somebody's going to get access to Stal J's iTunes. <laughs> Is it Style J? Stal. Oh, okay. S-T-O-W-E-L-L-J-6288. Been going on about this a little too long. Uh, yeah, uh, this show is the most puerile, immature, inappropriate, degenerate show on the interwebs. Five stars. Yes. <laughs> that comes from, uh, Style J6288. Yeah, I'm sure there's more puerile or more disgusting people than us on there somewhere. Look, uh, ha- look harder. You make a great argument, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> look harder. Look harder. You make a great argument, sir. Frank? Uh, oh, I- Frank's offended. I'm not offended. Yeah, you are. Fuck, why would I be You're offended? You're the definition of puerile, immature, and inappropriate. Yeah, I'm reveling in the fact that he five-starred that. And you're, take, you're taking this to heart. That, I, like, how could Jake say that there's more out there, there's more, something more puerile and immature than uh, us, when you got me on this show? I don't know. That's what I am. That's what I do. That's <laughs> what I bring to the table, Jake. I'm a little offended. <laughs> I don't know that there's anybody I'm that actually... I'm fighting for you, you big pussy. No, I know. I don't, I don't know that there's anybody that makes, like, good content and is as nasty as Oh, us. stop it. Good content. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Yeah, Frank. Get your head the end all, be all of, of entertainment podcast. No. Get, <laughs> get, your head, get your head out of your ass. What in the fuck? There's good good stuff content. Here. There's good stuff here. Oh, God. There I, is. I can't stand this shit. Get no, get off! The, I can't stand this shit. People, no, 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 no. It's like when, uh, when, when, when uh, people are just like, oh, uh, look, look at us, look, look at what we're doing, look what we're doing, we're awesome. Hi, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. I got a podcast. Look at me. I can't stop quoting fucking Rick and Morty every five seconds. We get it. You love the show, Frank. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god! If no, seriously, I, I I love Rick and Morty. I don't want to end up hating it. I get it. <laughs> All right, and that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, I have that ability. Sorry. Yes, you do. It's like this thing that I love. Ah, uh, Frank, stop! Don't. I love Rick and Morty. Don't do this to me. Next thing you know, next thing Brian loves, he's not gonna tell me about it until it's over. That way, his feelings about it are cemented. That way, I can't ruin it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Solid play. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Right? I don't understand it, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> and I don't want you to explain it either. I was I was just watching Frank, and I had no idea what to say. And I yeah. looked at Brian, and he's just looking at me with no idea what to say. <laughs> okay. I don't know. All right, this uh, this next one. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> these, these they sounded like Morty. No, these same, these same iTunes reviews are going to be one stars next week. Um, <laughs> oh, I hate the show already. I, hate, I really do. Uh, it comes from P. Milan 1 or P. Millen. Um, it's dope show, uh, five star. Uh, I like that the episodes are almost three hours long so that I can listen to them while I'm at work. 
This show is entertaining. I like that Brian is unfiltered with his opinions. He really brings a new dynamic to this genre of podcasts. Other shows are too sensitive, but I like these guys. They're the type of dudes I'll crack a beer with. Cheers. This comes from P. Millen. Nice. Now, Frank, why don't you suck our show's dick a little bit more? <laughs> Bring in good content. What the fuck? <laughs> Alcohol makes everything better. Jesus. I, no, I don't like that shit, that uh, that self-glorifying uh, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, we're bringing good content. Fuck off with that shit, Frank. Don't do that on my show ever. All right. All makes right. me sick. All right. See, there's sucks. another guy that's got three hours to kill at work, and that's yeah. why he's listening to us. <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't know. People, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. People start, people got their own little podcast. They're like, I'm going to bring it. I know I've mentioned this before. Oh, we got a great show for you. Fuck off. <laughs> you haven't, you know what I mean? You don't want to miss this one. Yeah, you haven't brought anything to the table yet, sir. I'll be the judge <laughs> if it was a great podcast at the end of said podcast, sir. Don't you speak for the masses. Don't. Knock it off. Knock it off. I want you to take it down a little notch, all right? <laughs> and then I got you at the start of the show saying we're bringing good content. I, Brent, Frank, we've talked about going – we talked about you, you and your wife going to Walgreens. We, we've talked about you – know, you know what I mean? <laughs> we, we talked about meth. This is not good content. Good I got point. you over there good point, good point. fucking being a parrot quoting Rick and Morty shit. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Frank, it's a great show. You don't need to quote the goddamn thing every five seconds. Devour. Ah. No. I want Frank to go off on me. It's not going to happen. It's no. not going to happen. We can't get this guy I riled know, you up. Can't, you can't needle him enough. And I'm, I am not telling people what the triggers are either because when I explode, it's not going to happen. No, no, I don't, see, that's what I'm scared mm. of. Maybe, maybe like, I, I want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I know no. the trigger, but I wouldn't want to bring it up on Pop Culture Leftovers. Oh, God. <laughs> I, 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 Look, Frank's getting think, scared. Like, I got a feeling. I, I, I don't, like, I, if, I, if anybody can fucking get to me, it's Jake. I got a feeling if anybody can get to me, it's Jake. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, I'll save that. I'll, <laughs> He's going to put it in his pocket. I'll save that for He's going to wait till I piss him off. <laughs> He's going to bring something up on the show and I'm going to fucking go nuts. <laughs> I've lost control of this episode. It's absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a fucking circus <laughs> i'm having fun you know the circuses are done for oh i know yeah bartim and bailey they uh they packed up they're done oh yeah. no shit oh yeah they don't they don't get to abuse animals anymore <laughs> no, oh no, no. oh like, you'll have oh. to go to the shriners oh. for your animal abuse from oh, now no. on. Like, honestly i gotta claim, claim complete ignorance with that like i don't know what's going on with any of that abuse i stuff. don't want to get into it oh, that's yeah. fine that's fine i just had no idea yeah yeah, neither does anyone. That's why the circuses were profiteering oh. for so long. <laughs> yeah. Let's separate animals from their mothers. And, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gonna. Yeah, people. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm. I don't know. I'm weird like that. <laughs> Next thing you know, Dumbo's an autobiography. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump into good pop. <laughs> <laughs> This fucking episode. I hate it. I hate it. Let's jump into good pop, bad pop. <laughs> See, that's a thing. No. <laughs> that's a thing. No, this is going to become like, oh, every week the host gets on there and he talks about how much he hates the episode. <laughs> he hates it. It's getting old. It's like, and, uh, and then, he, then he quotes me in this weird, stupid voice. <laughs> you know, the, no, it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what's, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> what, what am I doing? I don't know. It's fun. I have like three guys sitting around. 
talking about shit. Good content, right, Frank? Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> ah, we're just recording what we bullshit about. Right, guys, Revolutionizing the podcasting yeah. industry. Some yeah. next level podcast. Yeah, next level. Podcast. Oh, and then he's not. <laughs> then Frank was knocking other podcasts. Not all of them can bring good content. Ooh. Dude, how oh. many podcasts are out there? You know there are some that are sucky. Name some shit ones, Frank. <laughs> All right, that's like something I'm not going to do. <laughs> I don't need to start that shit. No. All right, let's jump into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right, good pop, bad pop is uh, where we bring you the good content and we talk about the things <laughs> of the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Uh, sometimes we rate these things and. Uh, if, you, if this is your first time listening, uh, we want you to be – I know. If, if, if we, want, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, guys. I'm going to start off Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. I'm going to talk a little bit about the new Twin Peaks. Oh, there oh, you go. Right, cool. Yeah, not watching it. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. That's funny. Yeah. I don't really like much David Lynch properties. I like no David Lynch. Yeah. I'm, Nothing. I'm with you. Don't. If I can't understand it, I don't like it. <laughs> like, there was a companion book after The Lost Highway came out explaining The Lost Highway. Yeah. And it was not from David Lynch. It was from some guy who th- he, th- he thought he understood it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, the lo- they call it The Lost Highway because you're lost after you fucking watch the movie. The only thing I liked about that was the soundtrack. It had some good Nine Inch Nails tunes on it. Yeah. I remember that being a pretty decent soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Perfect Drug. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Richard Pryor's in it, I think, in like one of his last performances before he passed away. Hmm. That's it. That's all I remember because the rest (laughs) is fucked up. Yeah, and it makes zero to little sense. Yeah. I told Ashley, she was talking to me about the new Twin Peaks before we recorded (coughs) American Gods After Show. She's talking to me about it. And I said, Ashley, I don't don't care. I said, I don't care if they call it Triple Peaks. I ain't watching <laughs> this fucking show. They can call it Triplet Peaks. I don't give a shit. It's, is, is Laura still dead? I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah. No clue what you're even talking about right now. didn't watch the original Yeah, I didn't watch it. I, oh. No, I tried to watch it, and there's like little people running around. Mm. I don't understand. German little people, no doubt. I, I don't know. I don't know where their, 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 their background is. Like I don't know where they're... Legit little persons? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, Dude, okay. I, I I don't get it. And if you're if you're a David Lynch fan and you love it, more more power to you. But uh, yeah, I don't care. David Lynch fans. Yeah. All right then. Yeah. Some fucked up people there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a great disturbance in the one star realm of our reviews. <laughs> I want to talk about. Uh, I watched uh, War Machine on uh, Netflix. It's a new Brad Pitt movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's got Brad Pitt, Michael Anthony Hall, Emery Cohen from the OA, and Topher Grace is in it. Mm. Uh, synopsis, an absurdist war story for our times. Writer, director, David Michaud, uh, who did Animal Kingdom, recreates a U.S. general's roller coaster rise and fall as part of reality. Uh, part savage parody, raising the specter of just where the line between them lies today. His is an exploration of born leaders' ultra-confident march right into the dark heart of folly. 
blah, blah, blah. At the story's core is Brad Pitt's sly take on a successful, charismatic four-star general who leapt in like a rock star to command NATO forces in Afghanistan, only to be taken down by a journalist's no-holds-bar expose. And it was like a article written in uh, Rolling Stone. Um, I, uh, I'm going to give this a low taste. It, it had its moments. I mean, it, it's kind of like a satirical, political kind of kind of movie and uh, it had its moments there i mean there's some there's times in it where like they really get a great message across in this mm-hmm. um i'm not going to get into it too much i mean it's on netflix everybody can watch it um i almost gave it a taste it there are parts that are tupperwares like there's there's like a speech that he's giving the troops about what they're doing in afghanistan with nation building you know and uh one of the troops and he is talking to his commanding officer, this general and says, why, you know, like, why are these people going to listen to us? Mm-hmm. We come in here with guns and we tell them that we're going to, you know, give them, you know, freedom, but we're doing it with force. Why are they going to listen to us? And it, it, it was an amazing speech. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just curious where this movie really drops the ball then. Brad Pitt, I don't know. I, it, it's there's just not. I don't know. It, for me, it just didn't work. I mean, Brad Pitt's character. It's he's playing. He he he's playing a different kind of character. I didn't. The voice and the facial expressions didn't work for me. He sounds like Rolf from the Muppets. Oh wow! When he talks. He's kind of like a throwback to like you know like this. He would have been a great leader back in like World War II. Uh-huh. But you put him in today's like modern era of modern warfare, yeah. and it, it, it doesn't work. That and that's what the that's what they were getting across is that that kind of a character in this and how mm-hmm. they don't work. And it's got some great messages. It's just it wasn't engaging in mm-hmm. certain points, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm going to give it a low taste. That I would I would. I was bordering on it just a full fledged taste it. I do recommend that you watch it though. It's it's got a great message. Um and uh Topher Grace isn't in it enough. Uh and um Brad Pitt's alright. I don't know. Uh I did post on um it was on Reddit. I went to the Marvel Studios Reddit subreddit and I posted something there and it got fourteen hundred over 1,400 upvotes. Oh, nice. Uh, it was, uh, been watching this for 45 minutes and Don Cheadle hasn't shown up once. <laughs> and, and yeah, some of the responses were fucking fantastic. <laughs> Over 1,400 people upvoted it and it had like 80 comments at the t- last time I checked. And one of the comments, of course, was like they didn't get it. Like they didn't get it right away. <laughs> and so they got pissed and they were like, this has nothing to do with the MCU. <laughs> and like the best response to that, and it got upvoted a shit ton too, was that Drax is what we call a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and I, great. yeah, there were some great responses. <laughs> Some, it's, that, that, that's what they've been doing on the subreddit for Marvel. Like when yeah. people don't get shit. Yeah, they, they just call them Drax. They call them Drax. That's hilarious. And so like they were like – the people were like, I think this is the ultimate Drax moment. <laughs> and so I was like really happy to be a, bit, be a part of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the ultimate Drax moment. What, see, one of those – it was one of those things where um, on Reddit where like if you're not – sometimes like I've been the second to post something. Mm-hmm. 
And so like everybody's like, all right, somebody's already done it. Oh yeah. And this was like to do that. Yeah. And this movie being called War Machine, I was the first one, the movie, it had just come out and I was the first one to post this, not knowing if I was the first one to post it. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I, 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 posted some shit about you know like if something bizarre happens i posted like uh something bizarre happened and i i posted it on reddit like look what it was the flash i was like oh shit look what barry did this time yeah and uh everybody's like it's already been done Uh i'm getting sick of this shit people get so fucking bent out of shape about oh it's already been done before somebody already posted that shit well maybe not everybody's seen it asshole simpsons (laughs) did it first (laughs) i don't know i don't know anyway uh who wants to go next i can go for it um so coming off of having watched guardians of the galaxy 2 i got curious I wanted to know a little bit more about Adam Warlock, and I know that we're going to be getting Infinity War here soon. So I started looking, and I read all of the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And I'm about halfway through the Infinity War right now, and I love it. It's great. It's really weird for me, not having read these comics as a kid, Yeah. to see like the X-Men and Spider-Man and the fucking Avengers all interacting with each other. It's really cool. But uh, I did get a really cool feel for Adam Warlock and how badass he is. And uh, I'm really enjoying uh, Infinity War, and I really enjoyed Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I got, like, a lot of fucking questions now about how they're going to do that with the MCU mm-hmm. without having Adam Warlock. Yeah. I, did, I like Because everybody talked about that <coughs> because they were saying that he's not going to show up in Infinity War. He's not going to show up until Guardians 3. Right. And... Now I'm like you guys, stumped trying to figure out how they're going to make that storyline work without him in it. Is it? I mean, a lot of people are saying it's all going to spill over into Guardians Three. It very well, but I, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I I don't think Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity War comic books are necessarily the blueprint templates for the upcoming movies. And I get that because I read Civil War before I watched Civil War. Yeah, and they did just fine with the movie version. Yeah, they're gonna do just fine. But on the flip side, like I I, I would have no like argument if they did throw Adam Warlock into the Infinity War films. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, how dare you! Right. Damn it! Wait until <laughs> Guardians Three. I mean, I don't know. I mean. It feels like James Gunn introduces, like, the setup to the characters, so, like, they're going to put him in Guardians 3, which yeah. I have no problem throwing him into Infinity Wars Part 2, whatever that movie is going to be called. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't want the payoff to the Infinity Gauntlet storyline in the movies to be the same as it was in the comic books before a proper introduction of Adam Warlock. I definitely though. agree with I that. I feel like that's a giant cop-out to... 13 plus movies of buildup. Yeah. Yeah. To just have Adam Warlock show up and be like, yoink and take the glove off. <laughs> right. And well, that's what I'm, that's, it, it feels like Adam Warlock is going to be the villain for Guardians 3, Jake. Yes. Yeah. And I like that. Because it, it's like the sovereign, you know, the gold people. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. called the sovereign. I'm telling our audience because some of them, you know, they're sure, slow. Yeah, I get you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Even dumber than me. <laughs> Do you like my complete agreement? Yeah. <laughs> but like the Sovereign, they're coming back. I, I, I felt watching Guardians like two, you know, like, oh, they're going to be a big part of the MCU going forward. Uh-huh. Oh, definitely. I, yeah. I, I, I honestly feel like leading into maybe future Avengers films even. I, mm-hmm. I Like I'm saying like I think, I think that the Sovereign are going to fight, use Adam Warlock – 
to fight them. And it's not going to be through through some telepresence device. It's right. going to be like mano y mano, yeah. Guardians versus Adam Warlock. And then something along the line makes Adam Warlock a hero. Mm-hmm. Of course. And so now the Sovereign and Adam Warlock and the Guardians and the Avengers all have to go up against even a, like a greater evil like later on down the road. Something cosmic, you know. Mm-hmm. It sounds like James Gunn is wanting to – to go into more cosmic stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. He sounds like he's even wanting to – he's really wanting to use Fantastic Four cosmic villains. I agree. I have a feeling, <laughs> though, when uh, Warlock makes that turn to a good guy, yeah. that the Sovereign will still stay bad guys. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping that the Sovereign – that there's kind of like a change and maybe like we get like that Rocky moment at the end of Rocky four. Like if I can learn from you, <laughs> you can learn from me. Maybe we can all. Be- <laughs> I just feel like they're going to, there's, it's going to be kind of a little bit yeah. of a point of no return for them. I mean, they're going to be using and manipulate him at manipulating Adam Warlock so yeah. much that I kind of see them being the villain to Adam Warlock. Yeah, I, I just – I felt like those characters, they, they didn't seem like 100 uh, percent evil to me. Like, you know, you watch them. You know, they're using yeah. – they seem a little cute, a little yeah. bit. You know, like using the telepresence devices and then our scene with uh, Alex Klein where he's like the last one in there. Yeah. They didn't seem like they were – they they seemed like they were vengeful. I was just thinking like maybe there would be like a reason like that even like the Kree would join forces – Right. You know, with, mm. with, with, um, you know, with, we'd get to see like this huge space battle, you know, with like the Kree showing up, the Sovereign oh, showing up, the Nova Corps showing up. I don't know. My only exposure to Adam Warlock so far is these stories that I've been yeah. reading. And from what he, the way he's coming off to me is that he's very gray. Like he goes both ways sometimes. And it's all depending on what his motivations are. Like I just got to the point in Infinity War last night where he realized that when he had the gauntlet that he subconsciously removed all good and evil from himself and it was pure logic. And that was a surprise to him right then. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm loving this, these stories. Yeah. It's really cool because I'm getting insight into characters that I wouldn't know anything about besides, like Thanos. Mm-hmm. The only thing that – only exposure I've had to Thanos so far is the after credit shit and what yeah. we saw in the first Guardians. Yeah. And this is great for getting a feel for Thanos. The first Infinity Gauntlet, it's a great primer for mm-hmm. Thanos. That's for Oh, sure. it's so good. It's um, really good. Are they going to – Jake, my question to you is are we getting – and everybody, every I, I I listen to other people, and they're like, ah, they can't, they can't do it, they can't do it. Yeah, you can, you can do it. Come on, there can be different members of the Illuminati, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You mean, you mean an MCU Illuminati? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I I'm not saying. Yeah, I I understand. We don't have Professor X. I I get it. I, I, I get it that we don't have uh, Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I get it, guys. They've they're done not, great so far working around but, this. But just like in Civil War. You know, um, they changed the story, just like in Age of Ultron. Yep. They changed that story. Yeah. And, you know, they just used the name of the event. And later on down the line, if they have access to those properties, they can always switch who's the members of the Illuminati. Yeah. So we're we're given, we're given Iron Man, you know, we're giving him a, we're giving him a stone. We're giving, you know, Black Panther. Black Panther a stone. Mm -hmm. We're giving Doctor Strange a stone. Tony Stark. Doctor Strange. 
This is another thing for me. Mm-hmm. You guys know I didn't like that movie, and I could not stand Cumberbatch's portrayal of Doctor Strange. But I like the character in the comic books. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. I think he's awesome. Yeah. Everybody treats him with like a bunch of reverence. Like he's got more power than people know. It's cool. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, Doctor Strange, great, great character. Comic book yeah. character. I got, I got some more. Like once you're done reading all this stuff, uh-huh. I've got like some some recent Jim Starlin. Um, oh, cool. Stuff oh, that, that stuff was read. good too. It was. Um, it was real good. Infinity Crusade, which is the third in the series Mm -hmm. is kind of a load of garbage Mm -hmm. but the stuff starlin came back and did like 15 years down the line is actually very well done yeah so yeah i read those books too they were really really good i ended up picking all up all six in the uh, infinity gem series Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. i want to read the whole thing yeah so yeah i'm tearing through this shit nice i love it it's it's a tupperware Tupperware. i wish i would have caught on to this shit when i was a kid I still am always disappointed when I go back and reread Infinity Gauntlet when the art changes from uh, Perez to Ron Lim. Yeah. Ah, uh, fucking! I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, god! Just Perez could have done Perez that whole is series. So awesome! Yeah, yeah. And just I would love to have like the oversized hardback of Infinity Gauntlet with yeah. like nothing but Perez artwork. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. Ron Lim's not a terrible artist, but yeah. like you said, Perez is just so good. Absolutely, it, Perez is amazing. It's kind of shocking when you uh, yeah. go to the next issue and the art is like, ah, right. So, did you notice that at all? No, I, I I didn't pick up on that. I was more just interested in the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was obviously looking at the pictures, but I don't I don't know enough to know the difference. I guess. Yeah, I hear you. One of my favorite plot points in Infinity War that I've always kind of secretly hoped would be something that they could incorporate into the movies is I was always a big fan of the doppelgangers and all the individual characters kind of fighting that demonic mutant yeah. warped versions of themselves. I read that part last night. That was cool. Where Wolverine Why came in and sniffed them out. Why not do it? <laughs> I, I want that so bad. I, I'll fanboy out if we if we're seeing like mere yeah. crazy evil versions of all our favorite yeah. good guy characters. Yeah, that was cool. I, Especially since we're doing two movies, like, in this kind of ballpark. Uh, I think they should really do that. Yeah. Keep yeah, that part. Yeah. We can have – I mean, there's no reason not to. Mm-hmm. I mean, take t- – you know, you don't have to take everything from the story. And they're clearly not with Adam Warlock not being introduced yeah. until, you know, Guardians 3. But, like, absolutely, we got to take some things from the original so mm-hmm. yeah. – And that would be – that would be a fun one to do to kind of fanboy out because, like – the same way we felt reading that, uh-huh. give that experience to the audience. Oh, uh, yeah. Imagine the fucking evil eight fucking armed Spider-Man yeah. fighting the fucking Tom Holland <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh, I would man. love that. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good shit. There, and, and you know, it's like, and you guys can write all new quips for Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it, it, it's going to be great. Come on, do it. Yeah. I hope they do the doppelganger stuff. That'll, yeah. That'd be a lot of yeah, fun. That was cool. Uh, Jake, what do you have? Um, I, uh, I of course watched the new game show this week. <laughs> oh, we're back to this shit. <laughs> I watched the, uh, Beat Shazam. Have you seen the commercials for this? I actually, uh, I, I saw the commercials for it. I actually made a, uh, a meme for it where it was Beat Shazam and I took the Shazam from DC Comics. Yeah. And put it underneath it and I said, like, I, I don't understand this game show at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Oh man, that, poor Shazam! He's just a little kid too. Yeah, in real exactly. Life. <laughs> what? Don't okay. that. So Shazam, it's like I get it. Like the, the the original origin for Shazam is so weird. It, like kid walks into a cave, right, and gets mm-hmm. like the power of all the gods. Yes. And so weird origin story. And like each letter in Shazam stands for a different god. Like the Z is Zeus, and 
right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, I can't remember them all. I don't remember them all yeah. either. Yeah. And and they pretty much changed his name to Shazam after Marvel Captain Marvel. Just yeah. Went ape shit on the Captain Marvel. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. But yeah, this is Beat Shazam. It's based off of a Shazam app for your phones, not the uh, DC comic book yeah. character. Yeah. It's an app used to identify songs if you can't figure out what they are when you're hearing them on the radio, or when you go to Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> yeah. If you play it during the end credits, it gave you it gave you hints at Amazing Spider-Man Three. <laughs> Is that true? That's true. <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is a, hold on. We, when we reviewed, when we reviewed that Amazing Spider-Man Two movie, uh, they told you to when they played like I forget. I don't know if it was like a Rihanna song or whatever the fuck. Some mm-hmm. some uh, female artist at the end of the movie, Amazing Spider-Man Two. They were going to play the song. They said if you Shazammed it, they would give you clues as to something going on in the next. Amazing Spider-Man film, which never happened. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it popped up with four pictures mm-hmm. of uh, four black and white pictures of close-ups of different villains, and so everybody was like, "Oh, okay." So it looks like the, you know we might get like people were guessing Craven, Shocker, and all the like Vulture, yeah. and like mm. never happened. That's that's really yeah. funny. All right, so beat <laughs> no, beat Shazam. That was a good aside. So yeah, this is hosted by Jamie Fox. This is on the Fox Network. I believe it's on Thursdays. Um, I actually really enjoyed this. I'm going to give it a high taste. It. Nice. It's pretty much like a modern day name that tune, which I was a big fan of when I was a kid too. Yeah. Uh, they play the song. There's like three teams of two. Um, you have to be the first one to buzz in and identify the song. They give you a multiple choice. But are you trying to beat the app? You are trying – beating the app is the final round. Okay. You play against the other contestants at first. Uh, it's like it's like taking on Ket Jennings in, exactly, that, in exactly. that Jeopardy. It's like Shazam is like deep blue yeah. basically. Oh, wow. yeah. And so at the end, you have to take on Shazam and get five songs before Shazam can figure them out. Oh, right. And if you get all five songs, you win a million dollars. What are the, the app crashes? That, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shazam needs an update to right. continue. <laughs> your, your phone is out of memory. Um, I thought one of the big reasons that elevated this from being probably a low tasted or a tossed it to yeah. a high tasted was actually Jamie Foxx. Uh, he was really wonderful in just the first episode as the host. He can do it in this show, but he can't do it in Amazing Spider-Man 2, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just really funny, um, really needling the contestants yeah. when they get stuff wrong. Um, I was even kind of surprised at some of the taboo remarks he was making towards the contestants about what they got and didn't get just based on stereotyping who the contestants were oh, wow. and what kind of music they would like. Oh, that's funny. So there was a lot of really funny stuff there. This was on my radar. I just... I think it was like Thursday night. I just didn't set it up to record. So is it coming back next week? Next week it's coming back too. Um, After Beat Shazam, I haven't watched it yet, is a brand new iteration of the old Chuck Woolery show, The Love Connection. Really? Yeah. Who's hosting this one? I have no idea. I saw... I saw an ad for it while I was watching Beach Shazam, and I was like, well, fuck. And I set my DVR up for it, and I plan on checking out the pilot. Yeah. At first, I was hoping it was going to be Chuck Woolery, like in his like eighties. Oh, that be amazing! <laughs> Doing the old two and two, yeah, two thousand seventeen. <laughs> he's like, he's like I, I might be back in two and two. 
<laughs> Shit. Doctors are going to check me out off screen. I, my pacemaker holds out for two minutes. Yeah, his, like, his, his fucking head's like floating in water and shit. <laughs> so, yeah, this was really fun. I, I'm surprised they could land someone like Jamie Foxx to do this kind of thing. I don't know if it's because of Jamie Foxx's relationship with the Fox network since mm-hmm. like in living color days and shit. Yeah. yeah that's but, a long way Wow. Back. What a big get for them to get him to do this. Yeah. It's, he got confused. He thought he owned the network because <laughs> <laughs> His last Fox. name's Fox. Yeah, that's that's two X's, JB. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I I've got one more thing. Frank, you got some stuff. Just one more thing. Yeah, yeah. cool. I got one more thing. I went to. Uh, I actually want to thank Jared Gafford for this. Jared Gafford, uh, host of the Joe Schmo Comic Show. I want to thank him for this. He brought this up on our podcast, and it was it's an anime film. Uh, called, uh, and it's not from Ghibli Studios. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that Miyazaki guy. It's somebody else. I can't remember the name. Uh, it's, a, it's a, it's an anime called Your Name. Oh, nice. You saw your name. I saw your name. Yeah. Um, and it's about, it, Gafford already talked about it, but I'll, I'll bring it up again. On the night of a beautiful meteor shower, two strangers, a male high school student in Tokyo, and a bored teenage girl living in rural Japan discovered that they can switch bodies in their sleep. When they share the same dream, now they must find each other before time runs out. All while learning lessons about what it's like to live as another person. Like I'm getting emotional thinking about this movie. This movie is a Tupperware. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you seen it? No, I want to. It is. Abs- it's hard. It's only had limited yeah. engagements in the theater so far. It's They've, not like available for home or anything. They're playing it at the Art Theater in, Ch- in Champaign, and they had a 11:30 screening this morning. And it's the last time they're playing it. Uh, for a while, if not the last time, and I was like, I gotta see this. Um, no, they're they're playing it like ten thirty at night, and I don't want to go to a oh, late no, show. No, 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 because the theater's like an hour away. So I went to the eleven thirty screen. This movie is absolutely fantastic. It is so so good. Um, it is a story. I don't know. It's it, it's just. It's a coming of age story with science fiction elements. It's got elements of one of my favorite, uh, uh, movies of all time, Somewhere in Time, mm-hmm. the, the Christopher Reeves film where, oh, yeah. where he goes back in time and, 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 and meets a woman and, and, uh, because they, they switch bodies, but when they, when they wake up, they don't remember everything. And it's got a little mix of memento in it as well, mm-hmm. where like they're recording on each other's phones what they did and trying to keep each other in the loop. About what they did during their school day, because they're going to school as the other person. That's oh wow! Cool. And and so like they do some embarrassing things that like they wouldn't know. Like she goes to his job as a waiter, and she has no idea what she's doing. Sounds like a little bit of bubblegum crisis in there too, yeah. with a, a male assuming yep. the role of a female exactly. and vice versa. I love bubblegum crisis, by the way, too. Yeah, um, that's always the best conceit for an anime. Yeah, when you like find like a really cool, like kind of fantasy science fiction element, mm-hmm. but you're able to kind of mash that with actual real emotion yes. and real like human yes. discovery and stuff. Oh man, I'm choking up during this movie. It, it, it's so good. It's called Your Name, and um. It, there is uh there's a science fiction element to it which is amazing. Uh I'm trying I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. Um yeah, I need to see this. You got to see it. it. It it's it's so fantastic. I wonder how I'll look it up. I, there's break. so much I want to say about it, but like on the flip side I just want everybody to watch it. I there there's there's awkward moments like where the boy turns into the girl and he's feeling his his now <laughs> boobs. Yeah. And it actually, anime can't help that scene. Right. And, it, and it, it turns into like one of the funniest moments 
in in the movie and um there, there there was a point in the movie where i was like i thought i had found a plot hole and within moments the movie corrects it and mm. i'm oh wow that's masterful storytelling where you think you found a plot hole and the story corrects it immediately and i'm just thinking this just went from like i was going to give it a tupperware anyway plot hole yeah Even if it had the plot hole, I was just like, ah, whatever, I can let it go. Still a great fucking story. But then when it corrected, I was just like, this is masterful now. Yeah, that really says something because not only does it get you thinking, but it Mm -hmm. also gives you the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you still Tupperware Guardians too, even though it ruined Marvel continuity. Oh, God. (laughs) The blob. (laughs) The blob. But yeah, definitely, um, when you have, um, I, I, hopefully they'll, they'll add this to the Funimation app because it's mm-hmm. Funimation. Had, oh, it is a Funimation. It's, it, it said Funimation Studios at the beginning oh, of the awesome. movie. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so hopefully they'll be adding this to the Funimation app. This came out last year, I think, in Japan, and we're finally getting it. April 7th was when it kind of debuted here in America. Mm-hmm. Did you watch a dub or a sub, Brian? Uh, it was sub. Okay. And, uh, Man. Which do you guys prefer? I didn't mean to jump in, but like, do you prefer sub or dub? I, some people are purists and they're like, they've got to have subtitles. I, I, I have no problem with watching a dub. Yeah, I'm, I prefer the dub, but then I get angry when I find out that they made plot point changes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, see, I, I, I like the dub because I like to be able to pay attention to like what's going on. Yeah, screen yeah, yeah. And yes. I, yes. I like the animation and the arts amazing. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. you're watching this fucking amazing animation that you could never see in America, right, right. but then you're constantly distracted because you have to like read to keep up. Yeah, I, I love the characters in this in this movie. I. I, I you connect with them like immediately. You connect with the characters around them. You fall in love with these characters. And I mean there's an element of danger with mm. all of these characters. And you want them to come out on top. And this – I'm telling you, this movie, the back and forth struggle, will they, won't they? Are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? The race for time, the – and putting – it really it, – it puts you – it takes you on a, like an emotional journey and my heart's racing, and I, I have, I, this movie is fantastic. Tupperware. This is, had I watched this last year, this would have been my anime, animated movie of the year. Oh, Ooh. wow. Had I watched it, it would have beat Moana. Hands wow. down. I, I love, I love Moana, and I love Kubo, but hands down, this is the best. This is so good. They also, uh, before the movie started, they, uh, they showed, I don't know if this has ever come out, but they showed a trailer, for a Ghibli Studios movie that's coming out, um, uh, the the Red Turtle. Have yeah, you seen? This? I think that's new. The new one that's yeah, coming out. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a, a, it looks like it's an all silent film because oh, wow. there was really? no speaking, but hmm. it looked very powerful. It's kind of like Castaway in a way. Oh, uh, okay. The guy kind of like uh, on a Castaway with kind of like a fantasy element to it, and a guy like stranded on an island and trying to get off and. And it feels hopeless, and then he meets a, a woman, and she she it just it, it it looks really good too. And the animation kind of looks like the animation from uh, from Tintin, mm-hmm. that movie that oh, came okay. out recently, which I love the Peter Jackson Tintin. Oh, I love the Peter Jackson Tintin, so too. good. But uh, yeah, I've gone on long enough about this, and I apologize. But I I, I want every Gafford. I got I can't thank you enough. If it wouldn't have been for him, this would not have even been on like my radar, and I would not have made the trip out there this morning to see it. And uh, I, I I love this movie. So uh, when you get the first chance, you get to watch your name. Watch it. It is it is stunning. It's an amazing story. 
Um, it, it blends a lot, like Memento and other things. It blends them all together. It, you'll love it. So yeah. I've seen the trailer too. The animation looks really nice. I didn't want to see any trailer before. I listened to Gaffer talk about it, and I was like, "Ah, you you gonna watch it?" Tra- I was like, "No, let's just go in. <laughs> let's just go in." Yeah, I saw the trailer before yeah. I Gaffer talked about it. Yeah. so I, there was yeah. no no dodging. Sure. Yeah, Frank, what do you, what do you got? Uh, last thing I got is uh, I played the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game. Yeah, oh, nice. The first episode is out. Second episode's coming out real soon. Uh, played it late last night and. I'm gonna high taste it. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the for people who've only seen the Guardians of the Galaxy in the movies, uh, some of the they're more comic based. Like yeah. Drax is green and red, yeah. and Gamora's got yellow eyes. And I, I've been prepared for that because I've been digging through some old comics and stuff, so it didn't bother me too much. But like, if you've never read any of the comics, some of the visuals might throw you off a bit. Mm. Uh, it's really good. Rockets the standout. Uh, I would have to look to see who his voice actor was in the game because it's close-ish to Bradley Cooper in delivery. He's got that gruff-sounding, annoyed voice, and uh, he came off really good. Everybody, voice work for everybody else really wasn't bad, but I guess I've been kind of ruined by the movie cast and their chemistry and their timing and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Drax in this is real dry and literal just like he is in the film, but without Batista doing it. And having those moments of awkward moments being exceptionally awkward, uh, it, it just didn't hit as good. Yeah. Which really, if anything, this is more of the movies being spectacular as opposed to this being lackluster. Um, but I've grown so accustomed with the Guardians franchise where music is such a part uh, of the experience. They didn't have the budget to get a lot of music in this. Uh, they, it seems like they're titling the episodes based on certain songs. Like this one was, I think, Into the Blue from Bob Dylan. But that I heard that music, that song actually wasn't in it. Um, there was a song that I recognized and I, I didn't get a chance to look it up to see who the, uh, the artist was. But, uh, like When Dreams Come True. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for people who are pick, playing the game, but, uh, they, they bypass Thanos real quick and then move on to the Kree as being like the big bad. And this object that they're after is, uh, has, uh, I think it was the Eternity Matrix. I don't know if that makes an appearance in the comics anywhere, but, mm. um, when Peter got a hold of it, he got to see his mom again. And, uh, th- that really is like the focal point. It's like the MacGuffin uh, of the game series. I was so confused by the trailer for this game. I When I watched it, I'm like, okay, it's based off the comic book because everyone's kind of in their comic book appearances. Mm-hmm. But then, like, all the plot points, and especially hearing you describe them, sound like they're, like, drawing from the movie. So it's like, what, what the fuck is this? I think they've tried to marry the two because, especially with when it's come out, they're trying to draw on the popularity of the movie. Yeah. But... It seems like the story is more based in the comics because um uh I mean that mom stuff is pure movie like you're getting you're getting no emotion from that if if right. it's not based off the movie. And though. you'd have to tell me as far as like if this happened in the comics but like his interaction with Yandu was not what I saw in the films as far as like when Peter left Earth. Yeah. Uh he's like talking to him trying to convince him to go with him instead of just straight up abducting him. So I don't know if that has grounds in anything, but yeah, it's probably just what works for this Telltale yeah. story. They it's, just it's not bad. Like this this Telltale story, I've played quite a few of them. Seems to be a lot more action based, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing because there's a lot of parts of this that remind me a lot of like those Don Bluth 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah, like uh, dragon dragons, yeah, yeah, space, space ace, ace. Mm-hmm. where you gotta like in unison. Yeah, you gotta push a direction <laughs> at the right time in order to make shit happen. Yeah. Like uh, the uh, Walking uh, Dead, wait, and... Secret of Nim. Oh, oh yeah. god, I'm just talking yeah. about a fucking movie now. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be a good. Actually, I got Dragons Lair and Space Ace on like DVD, and you mm-hmm. can play them right there off your remote control. Yeah, not yeah. that fun. No, probably not anymore. It's just pushing buttons. No, but like. Um, for a lot of people who like these Telltale games, this is going to be a bit of a turnoff because this has a lot more timing-based interactions than a lot of those games have. Because you actually have a team battle against Thanos where it goes real quick, boom, boom, boom. You're playing as somebody and you got to do this here and there. And they're all fighting him as a team, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, me, I play a lot of action games of first-person shooters, so I could keep up easy. But for a lot of people who are real into the like the slow point-and-click type versions of these games, it might turn them off because there's a lot of timing-based actions in this. Uh, I high-taste it. I like it a lot. The story's cool. Rocket is awesome. Like he is the big standout for me in this. And all the dialogue options that you get to choose from, I'm always trying to pick like the most smart ass comment shit that I can. What get. age is Groot in this? He's full grown adult. Full grown Groot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, because he's trying to go toe to toe with Thanos too, and that mm. didn't go well. But um, it, it's good. I mean, I check it out. It's only five bucks to play the first episode, and honestly, even if you wait just a little bit, probably here at some point they'll make that first episode free to try yeah. to get you hooked into playing the others. I checked the first one out, see if you like it. I, I didn't buy the season pass yet. Season pass is twenty bucks, so really you're only saving like five dollars on the whole experience. If you want to get them one at a time, do it. But you check it out, see if you like it. If you're into that kind of thing, it's all right. Storytelling's good. Cool. I love those Telltale games. I just I was kind of turned off by this one because I was just thought it was confusing, like what it was really trying to do. I'd be really interested to see what you think of it because you were into the comics and into this shit way before the movies came out. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing what you were just talking about and waiting. I know in two months or less this will be the free game that month. Oh yeah, the second episode's getting ready to come out, and then probably by the time the third or fourth, they're going to try to get people in on this shit. Surely. So cool. Let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back with news. I'm just glad to see you guys. It's been a while. And bring all the good content. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, bitch. I wish you guys could have seen the look on Brian's face because it was like he was staring at a piss ant just now. What, just now? Yeah, when he's like, yeah. I saw it out of the corner of my eye. I don't know. (laughs) Some people just have too much confidence and it pisses me off. What episode are we on? Is this 188. 188. 188. Yeah. Wow. 12 to go. Yeah. Yeah. Until we're done. It's over. <laughs> oh, we're doing that again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like, I, uh, you know, 
going through Facebook here. Every once in a while, it, like uh, there's like different groups, you know. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. we've got the Leftover Army group, which mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners join. Every once in a while, it gives you like uh, suggestions of different groups to join. And uh, this one popped up. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" It's called Poly Geekery. Can you make a guess as to what it is? Mm, is it is it like polyamorous? Yes, it's exact polyamorous. Yeah, could not fucking believe this. Uh, Leftover Army Group has 155 fucking people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, guess how many Poly Geekery has in it? 2,500. 72. 72 people? Yeah. I don't know. Fuck, man. No. Uh, Five million. No, Jesus. <laughs> Ridiculous. If you don't know what polyamorous is, it's basically uh, married couples that uh, fuck other people, have open relationships. Yeah. I thought I that think, was just classified as swingers. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily have to be married to be polyamorous in today's day uh, and age. I, I think it's just having multiple partners. Listen to fucking Fifty Shades of Grey over here. <laughs> yeah. Fucking setting me straight on I learned shit. it all from uh, <laughs> Utopia. From yeah. from the girl on Utopia. Oh shit, that reality series. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. I, I got uh when I was on a dating site I got approached by a polyamorous woman. What number would you have been? Your mic went out. Wow, it that oh. took totally cut out. You're out. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. You're fucking out that's What right. happened there? Am I back? Yeah, you're yeah, back. You're in. All right. Yeah, I got approached by a polyamorous woman on a dating site once. Oh, no shit. Yeah. It, it, it basically, it just came down to me asking her fucked up questions. Just asking her questions. I was intrigued. Was she hitting you up oh, with, yeah. like, will you fuck me while my husband watches? No, no. It didn't get dirty. It didn't get dirty. We're just, I'm, I'm just like, so how does that work? Yeah. What's the maximum amount of people you would be in, involved with it? Well, once? I mean, she... Uh, she basically this is like a lifestyle her and her husband just started out so i was like curious i was like so whose idea was it she's like his you know oh sure it was his idea so yeah no we're not talking about i didn't get it all weird like like uh, i talked to her like one day i was curious asked her some questions the next day she sent me like another message and i never responded so I was kind of like, all right, I got what I wanted. I just was kind of curious about your lifestyle and what the fuck you do. But Poly Geekery has 4,906 members. Holy shit. So this is popular. Uh, a, it's, a, it's a group for those of the polyamorous lifestyle to talk to, uh, to, talk to others that share that and their geeky sides. Uh, and if you don't know what that first wor- big word means, then move along. This does not mean many geekeries. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah. I didn't know it was so popular. It's it's like such a such a weird demographic. Number one, I'm sure there's like polyamorous groups, like tons of people in polyamorous groups, mm-hmm. but they have a geeky polyamorous group. You think a lot of people are just joining that to to see what's going on out of curiosity? Maybe it's just one big relationship. Oh, I'm sure. Frank's, oh God, Frank's going to join and be like, "No, you no, no, fucking no. when your husband's watching, asking that question." <laughs> yeah, Frank, Frank's, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're all having sex together at the same time either. It just means that you're in relationships with uh, multiple people. Yeah. So, okay, so it's like all about the relationships, not just the fucking. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm in a relationship with these five people and we're all having sex together. Every I was going to say because. I thought they already had that word pretty much summed up with swingers. No, 
No. Okay. It's different. Listen to Dr. Drew over here. Yeah. Fuck. Jake is like... I got your back. That man. fucking asshole that I teabagged his fucking name edge, that asshole was a swinger. All he right. cheated on his wife while she was out of town. Yep. It's a classic bumper, everybody. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I think swingers are married. That's the definition. Yeah. Of yeah, they, yeah. they swap yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see here. We're going to jump into news. Yeah, 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 yeah. Read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. I was thinking all that last shit was news to Frank. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> we started early. All right. This uh, <laughs> this news literally uh, broke right after we recorded our last episode. James Cameron, uh, as we know, gets the rights back to the Terminator franchise in 2019. Uh, when he does, it sounds like he's met with Arnold about Terminator 6. Uh, Arnold spoke with uh, screens at Cannes and had this quote, it is back, it is moving forward. Uh, he has some good ideas of how to continue with the franchise. I will be in the movie. Uh, so James Cameron uh, is not directing but producing the film. Um, thoughts on this? Uh, I wish they could find a way to move on and make Terminator cool again without Arnold. Yeah, I feel like that's not going to ever make it cool again. I'm Unfortunately, with you bringing him back, like I get the idea, but like he was a machine. I got the idea. I got the it. idea. The last two fucking times they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the idea when they tried to do it in uh, Terminator Salvation. I got the idea again when they tried to do it in Terminator Genesis. And uh, it seems like this is just like these two wanting to work together one final time because we're <sighs> never going to get a True Lies two. Right. So, which I almost would prefer. Oh, I would. I definitely would prefer that to, to more of this. To a Terminator rehash with Arnold again. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with Terminators. It ended for me after Terminator Two. It's it sucks how much I loved James Cameron until current day James Cameron. <laughs> well, it, it disappoints me every time I think about it. He just he gets um, he gets like an idea and he won't let it go. Yeah, and uh, I I I personally I just wonder when he's going to find the time to do any of this. He's he's already over the past ten years announced what his next projects are after Avatar, <laughs> and then back in two thousand eight he said he was going to quote shoot a small dramatic film in three D. Whatever the fuck that means, and that hasn't happened. Um, I think that basically he was just so impressed with like the 3D fusion technology and Avatar at the time that he's just like, oh yeah, I'll do something else with it, and he's never oh, done right, anything yeah. about that. I but, bet when James Cameron dies, he'll have an, like an open casket funeral, and his body will be like projected in like the newest <laughs> technology 3D. Yeah, you won't need glasses or anything. It'll, it'll be amazing. He's not even really here. It's just it's just an image. Yeah, he promised that he was going to, and I thought he promised that he was going to direct it. But this uh, Alita Battle, Battle Angel movie, it's based on a uh, manga. And he's only producing it. Robert Rodriguez is directing it. This movie, it's been rumored for like 10 years. And I think it's finally coming together because Cameron is letting somebody else direct it. And he wrote, I mean, but he, he did write the screenplay. Yeah, that movie could be a, a lot of bubblegum fun, I think. It's got a good cast. Yeah, and I think Rodriguez is very capable of doing a movie like that. And he needs a good movie under his belt. It's got uh, Jennifer Connelly. Uh, Rosa Salazar, Jackie Earl Haley, Ma- Mahersa Ali, uh, Mahersa Ali. Um, he was from, uh, oh god, uh, uh, 
<laughs> oh, I can't help you or I would. Moonlight. Oh, there you go. And um, he was also in um, Luke Cage, Ed Skrine. It's got Christoph Waltz, so, I mean, it's got a good cast. I don't know. I'm, I'm done with Terminator movies. I don't think there's anything that they could really do to get me back into them at this point. I'm just kind of done. I'm, I, I thought to myself, yeah, it'd be great to have Cameron come back and direct the Terminator movie. But, like, the news of Arnold coming back and doing it again with him just has, like, I have zero to no excitement at all about it i'm with you 100 percent. they've pretty much worn me out with this stuff mm-hmm. yeah like seriously if you need to watch this stuff go back and watch t2 it's it's still that fucking good today mm-hmm. all right i don't know why we're even talking about this next story that's exciting um <laughs> could we be getting a space balls too oh no i mean we talked about this years ago mel yeah. brooks was asked recently when he attended a screening of uh of his movie young frankenstein and he held a q a afterwards he says well you know i'm doing it mgm is slightly interested in doing it because of the new star wars uh they think maybe so we're talking um so uh blah, 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 blah. i mean i definitely watch it if uh, it ever came out but like that's the trick is getting it put together yeah, I don't know. Spaceballs without Rick Moranis to be though. I that's the thing I have a hard time buying. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I you know. It's you you got different character. I mean, they're going to do it on the based on the Force Awakens. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So it's you don't need to have Rick Moranis. You could just be like, "Okay, let's get have the giant helmet. <laughs> Michael Cera to play, you know, Kylo Ren or something or you get like <laughs> yeah, uh, that could be interesting, yeah. you know. Um you know, and you could have uh what is it, Bill Pullman is it Bill Pullman? Yeah. yeah, yeah Come yeah. back and play his character. And, Shit, he's uh, old as fuck. <laughs> well, so was Harrison Ford when he right, came right, back right. and played Han. All right. Yeah, yeah. And that worked. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's just Rick Moranis. It's the comedic presence. I mean, yeah. I love Michael Cera, but. I'm, that was throwing, just throwing yeah, out yeah. a name. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I, that's the point. Yeah. You, I don't think there is a name you can just throw out where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to miss it. Well, I, I, for me, Charlie Day. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna oh, have somebody, God, if you're gonna yes. have somebody come back and play that part, it's Charlie oh, Day. And I, I think Charlie Day could do that part all goddamn day. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing that's that's casting so, for that. That's just and, and Mel Brooks also. I mean, we we oh, saw yeah. the last few Mel Brooks movies, mm-hmm. like Dracula Dead and Loving It. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, do, is Mel Brooks really capable of giving us the Spaceballs two we want? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't need it. No. No. I'm fine with Spaceballs. Spaceballs 1 is fantastic. Watch yeah. it once a year. It's I, still great. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen, you know, a resurgence of these comedies coming back. You know, we got the second Zoolander, and then we got, like, Dumb and Dumber 2 or whatever you call it. And, no, they're, they're garbage. So. Yeah. Favorite Spaceballs 1 joke? Combing the desert. Combing the Man, we, we ain't found <laughs> shit. I would have guessed that's Frank's. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite's rewinding the tape to, or in fast-forwarding the tape to find that's out awesome. what to do next. Yeah. Here is now. Now is that. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, see here. I don't know. <laughs> come on, come on. I ain't got nothing. This <laughs> oh, <good> shit. <laughs> you ain't got shit. <coughs> I like have these stories I don't even read. I don't know. I got that reference. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about how much uh, Valerian's going to be a piece of shit. Want to talk about that? Valerian? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Jake's radar. <laughs> I've heard of it. Moving on, next story. <laughs> Game. I mean, if you don't know what the movie is, it's there's no reason to talk about it. Frank knows. 
I've heard of the name. That's it. No, I didn't say venereal. I said Valerian. no, Valerian. Yeah. yeah, it's a podcast. Let's talk about it. What, what's the deal with it? It's uh, listen to Jake over here, the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast, Brian. Let's talk about it. Let's work this one out. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're gonna be we're gonna be holding hands at the end of this fucking discussion. Like he's your life I mean, we can. What the fuck? I don't know. It's it's a movie. It's called Valerian. It's got Dane DeHane, Clive Owen, Rutger Hauer, Rihanna, Cara Delevingne, John Goodman, Ethan Hawke. Uh, $220 million budget. Damn. And Jake's never heard of it. This movie's going to be fucked. I mean, this movie is fucked. I can't believe you haven't seen the trailer in the theater. It's from the same guy, uh, Luke Besson, who wrote and directed The Fifth Element. He's writing and directed this one. It looks a lot like a very updated visual style of The Fifth Element. Uh-oh. Huge oh, budget. No. Huge budget. It comes from an unknown property. Uh, I think, I, I don't know... I don't know if it came from like a short story or a book, but it's Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets is the title new of IP this. Then. New mm. IP. This has John Carter written all over it. Mm. Oh, has John shit. Carter written all over it. This movie is going to bomb. It's going to be a huge bomb. When does it come out? Uh, July. Yeah. Damn! And we don't know nothing about it? Oh, I do. I've been well, watching the trailers. Yeah. I've I seen see the a lot of movies. I can't believe I haven't seen the trailer for this. this. Shit, for that big of a budget, this shit should be in our fucking face. It faces. looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous, but it looks like the second coming of uh, Jupiter Ascending. Oh, no. I mean, it looks like the second. Like, it, it doesn't matter if you flash on the screen from the director of a fifth element. It doesn't matter. Right, this, right. this is coming out at a bad time. Like, you don't put a movie like this out in July. Like, we've got Spider-Man Homecoming coming out in July. Right. I mean, it feels like – I honestly feel like these these solo IPs, like these new IPs that come out during these times are fucked in the day uh, where we have comic book movies. We're watching Alien Covenant with a huge drop-off. Mm-hmm. We're watching Terminator movies fail. We're watching – I mean we're watching shit – established shit fucking fail. Yeah. And now you're coming out with Valerian – Right. I mean, it looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. That's uh, a shit name, too. Look at the yeah. cast. The cast. I know Valerian. Valerian in the city of a thousand plant. Uh, of a thousand oh, it's plant. got a it's that's got a sub name. Shit. No, 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 no. That's the full title, but everybody's just calling it Valerian. Because I'm not going to say, are you going to go see Valerian in the city of a thousand planets? I don't right. want to. Te- I don't want to text that to somebody. I remember the first time I heard about it, I was like, oh, has this got something to do with Game of Thrones, like Valyrian Steel? And then I looked into it a little bit, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't at all. Fuck this shit. It, I mean, it looks the, – the CG budget on this thing is just out of this world. The aliens look crazy. It's just – it's just this movie is going to bomb so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard with the original IPs. I'm trying to think of like the last really big good one. The only thing coming to mind is like John Wick. John Wick. But yeah, yeah. yeah but John Wick can – John Wick. Even if – I mean it doesn't have to make a lot of money. Right. I mean it's totally – I mean it's not one of these huge budget science fiction movies. We saw Pacific Rim, mm. you know, big budget. Not $220 million big, but a big budget. And we saw how that like barely gets a sequel. Right. With, with us having new Star Wars content plus all this good comic book stuff coming out, it's really hard to hit – in this range and stand out 
and still make money. Well, don't do it in July. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you got family. Okay, kids are out of school. Mm -hmm. Families are going to see movies. Mm -hmm. Do you think that little Johnny wants to go fucking see Valerian? No, little little Johnny wants Spider-Man. He wants Spider-Man. Yes. Right? Yeah. What studio is Valerian again? No clue. I don't know. Probably fucking Paramount or Universal. Somebody making a stupid move. Mm -hmm. Big Mm -hmm. time. That's why I was curious. I don't know. I mean, Paramount's fucked. Uh, Universal's living and breathing off of – not Universal. uh, Paramount's fucked. I mean, uh, Universal's (laughs) doing great with Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paramount's fucked. They're they're living off of Transformers movies. That's why – no, that's why they're doing five fucking Transformers movies. Mm -hmm. That's why they're getting a Bumblebee solo film. That's why they're branching off and doing all these other fucking Transformers franchises because that's all they got. They got nothing else. Yeah. Everything else they got is bombing. So, yeah, this Valerian looks like – it doesn't look like it could – it looks like it could be bad. Yeah. But it looks like it also could be really fucking good. I, it's one of those things – you got look at John Goodman, Ethan Hawke, Dane DeHane. Rucker Howard. Rucker Howard, Clive Owen. Yeah. It needs to be good and it needs to get good word of mouth. It yes. Ain't. It yes. won't. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Like it's the word of mouth. It's not that – that first – that first, that first weekend is going to be rough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it really needs to have the staying power. I don't even think, even if it has like good word of mouth, man, it's it's going to be really hard. I think it, it's going to rely on good writing. Before t- Spider Man, I don't know. Probably not. I think Spider Man's early is like eleventh, isn't seventh, it? seven seven, I think, or seven eleven. I don't, I, I don't, remember. I don't remember. But Close yeah, there. it's like the first week in July. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people are still going to be going to see Spider Man. Hopefully, yeah. you know, like second, third week viewings. This this movie's just going to get lost in the rotation. Right. I mean, the week after this comes out, something big will come out, and people are going to be going to see that. I mean, this movie should have came out in like September, um, March, something yeah, like February, that. March. I mean, not not July. Right. Stupid, stupid fucking studios making stupid fucking decisions. You know, I don't know. I and don't that, get it. I mean, like with that big ass of a budget too, it's like. Almost guaranteed to be a loser, especially with its competition. Yeah, I don't know. This should be Valerian should be a sci-fi original series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can see that. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. It yeah. sounds like one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I got nothing to say about this next news story. I'm leaving it to you, gentlemen. And if you have nothing to say, we'll just move on. Tom Holland. He's going to be cast as Nathan Drake in the film version of Uncharted. Yeah. And the news comes from Deadline. I've never played it, so no uh, no thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I've only played just a little bit of the first game. Uh, the only thing I could say is it seems like a really young casting for that character. And there's some bits where they do flashbacks in the third movie. Yeah. But with his positioning, with him having such a big movie coming out this summer, that's a big name to cast in a flashback. And for him to carry somebody who's supposed to be basically like a modern-day Indiana Jones, I do not see that yet. He's way too young, way too Well, I think they're thinking towards the future. I mean, you've already got, like, Tom Holland saying, you know, I want to be – and I said I had no thoughts on this. Yeah. But I'm, I got Tom Holland who's saying, I want to be your Spider-Man for the next 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking about, like, how he'll do this well into his 30s. So – I mean, if they're going to start off this series, they can start off in some shit that they haven't really fleshed out in the games, and then we can grow into this character down the road. I mean, look at, look at, I mean, as much as, uh, you know, King Arthur bombed, it's never going to get a fucking sequel. Mm -hmm. They were talking about doing a five fucking movie, you know, like, 
King Arthur series with Guy mm-hmm. Ritchie directing and Charlie Hunnam, and right, we're right. going to do five movies. It's going to be the start of a new franchise, and we're not getting that. That ain't happening. That movie right. fucked itself, and so it, it went through rewrites like a motherfucker. Yeah. They changed so many things in that fucking movie. But anyway, that's what they're probably thinking here. Like we've got a young, talented actor. He's got the backing of Spider Man behind him. Right, right. You know, and so we can we can grow into the character. If they start off like telling fresh stories, stay away from anything that the games have touched on because there's four fucking games. I mean, there's a lot of content. I, wanna, there. I, I just I'm curious as to like why it's detrimental to to cast such a young guy in this series. Like this guy is like Harrison Fordish, Han Solo rogue type. We're getting a young Harrison Ford in the Han Solo movie, right? So yeah, but one I can still imagine with five o'clock shadow. Like uh, yeah, like uh, Nathan Drake. He's, 20, is, he's twenty-one. Yeah, he looks like he's, he's you know Nathan 16. Drake. <laughs> well, in the games, I should say, in the games that you play, he's in his thirties. I yeah. mean, he's like pretty much like modern day Indiana Jones, going right. through fucking old places and shit. And I mean, yeah, he's young. But if they are going to tell fresh stories from his past, it could work. But with what I know of Nathan Drake, mm-hmm. it's a real hard fit for me. Like, I don't see it working. It just doesn't feel right. Just this yet. just seems like a bad move for Tom Holland, in my opinion. A, yeah, it's really weird. It's a video game franchise. Which those don't usually work out. B, it's just a blatant Indiana Jones ripoff, because that's what we brought up like six times, even talking about it. Like, why would Tom Holland even want to do this? Well, money. Yeah, I mean, it, must know, yeah. Be. it stock, must be. Stock's right. hot right now. I yeah. mean, right. It must be. Like, I, I don't see this being a franchise that's going to hold up 20 years cinematic. Well, the movies, we'll yeah. See. I mean, I agree well, with you're, you. You're, 20, you're a 20-year-old kid, and you probably grew up playing this game. And you know, for sure. Have, yeah. Oh wow! I can be this guy, and I can. And they're they're promising him that he's going to grow into the character and stuff like that. They can make him look a little bit older, guys. I mean, in movies, like you just do like certain thing with like a guy's hair, and he looks younger. Yeah, you can show a yeah. flashback scene with a guy. You can comb his hair differently and look. Look at look at Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I get okay, you. At the beginning I of that you. movie, they comb his hair a certain way. He looks like a fucking teenager sitting at the table with Christopher Walken. They do his hair differently later in the movie, and he looks like he's in his mid twenties. I guess the confusion so. for me is like, so the target audience is going to be people who have played these games and enjoyed them. They're wanting to stretch that, you know, obviously to more people, which is why they cast a popular upcoming actor. Yeah. But people who are familiar with the series are probably all feeling kind of like me. Like, it's a really weird fit. I don't know who I would say would be a perfect casting for Nathan Drake. It just feels kind of weird because so far with Holland, what we're getting is a lot of stuff of him pitching himself to be younger than what he is. So it's hard to try to see him in that older role just yet. And with Jake, I mean, video game franchises, no matter how good of video games they are, yeah. when they go to film, usually they're shit. Yeah. And it's just, it's just really, really weird, a weird pairing of those two. Yeah, I think this is going to basically, I mean, I think it's going to be garbage. I, yeah, it'll I, be I, his Prince of Persia. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that this is going to be like, you know, <laughs> just like a crappy version of Indiana Jones, that, that, yeah, the version right. that nobody wants. It's yeah. going to be... You know, and it makes me worried for Tomb Raider, the new one coming out. Yeah. With, you know, you know, but I mean, great cast, Alicia Vikander, you right. know, you know, she I looks mean, great in the part. They've Walton, shown pictures. Walton stuff. Goggins, Daniel Wu. I mean, great cast, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see. As much as I love video games, I mean, I am, I am staunchly against fucking crossing over that shit to fucking film. 
It just doesn't work well. It doesn't. It, I mean, it'd be cool if they could do it well. If they could, but fuck, the last 25 fucking years they haven't been able to do it well. Well, I mean, you know, before Assassin's Creed came out, everybody, you know, we'd get on here and talk about how it, it's going to be horrible. I, I went through, you know, the pre-production and the problems that they were having. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking about how Ubisoft was too involved in it and, yeah. and this movie's going to bomb. Yeah. And I still had people coming to me and saying, oh, it, it, it still has a chance to be great. Michael Fassbender this, Michael Fassbender that, and Ubisoft mm-hmm. being involved is going to be a great thing, Brian. Ubisoft makes video games, people. They, right. It's, there's a different art to making a fucking movie. Absolutely. Okay? Before that, it was Warcraft with the same problem. Exactly. Yes. The biggest problem for me with the marriage of those two mediums is the lack of interactivity. Video games are engaging because they force you to make choices and actually be in that character's role. Mm -hmm. When you're watching a movie... You're, you're literally, I mean, you're always just a spectator. A movie can make you feel things, but without that interactivity, those stories don't translate well to film. To watch it is boring. To play it is another story. I I don't like the idea. With the exception of all six Resident Evil movies. I never got it. Which are all fucking awful. I watched the first one. I didn't (laughs) like it much. I never watched the rest. They just get better. All right, guys. Tom Cruise confirmed to Sunrise 7 in an interview that Top Gun 2 will happen. This has been talked about for years. Uh, it looks like Val Kilmer will be coming back because why not? He's not doing anything else. <laughs> Except and being a certainly freak, not dieting. freak on Twitter and stuff. <laughs> They're also saying Joseph Kaczynski, uh, the Tron legacy director, is rumored to be the front runner to direct Top Gun 2. Um, I don't know. Don't care. Yeah. What story are they going to tell? Don't know. Right. Yeah. Remember how Weird. hard it was to uh, refuel on the NES Top Gun game? Did you know yes! the crap out of that? Holy shit. I can't, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember it. Oh, man. When you ran out of gas, you might as well just no suicide shit. bomb. It was impossible. I've, I've, I've run out of gas on this podcast. I can tell you that much. <laughs> God, ready to put this fucker to bed. Yeah, try to fucking fly up to that motherfucking thing with a little dongle hanging out to refuel. I don't know how real pilots do it. That's hard as shit. Yeah. It was crazy. All right, yeah, Top Gun 2. I don't give a shit. No, <laughs> me neither. Boy, yeah. I can't wait to laugh at what Val Kilmer's going to look like. <laughs> right, oh my God. He's looking better than Kelly McGillis. He'd have to mm. play a different character because, holy shit, he doesn't look anything like he used to. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's- Iceberg, man. <laughs> Top Gun 2. He grew from a cube to let the it, size Let of it die. <laughs> yeah, no way. Yeah, I don't know what the story could be unless it's Tom, unless it's Tom Cruise and he's like you know uh, Tom Skerritt's character and like yeah, he's got teaching? he's got his own young recruits and oh no here's one that's just like I was when I was Maverick and he's bucking the system oh no right. you know I don't know it's stupid problem is Tom Cruise don't look any fucking different than he did thirty years ago mm. yeah I've never seen Top Gun. What? I've said that before on this podcast. That's weird. Holy shit. It's yeah. a good movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Hot Shots. <laughs> that's, that's good too does, in does a that different count? way. <laughs> yeah. no. It's a really good movie. All right. Moving on into Marvel. I, I hate this episode. <laughs> I'm just, I like it a lot. Um, I'm completely on the flip. Yeah. And Marvel News. <laughs> Marvel 
news. All right, yeah, Marvel news. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to start off with uh, the uh, Sony Silver Sable and Black Cat movie has a director and a title. The title, Silver and Black. And uh, what, what's, what's it giggling about? Silver and Black? That's, yeah. I, not a fan? No, not really. Yeah, good figure. You like it? <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I mean, it's just silly. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what else they're going to call it. It's the I'm, whole idea is silly. It. It, it, the title plus yeah. the idea of this movie being made added sure. together makes me giggle. Yeah. I don't know. I'll wait to see some casting. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, we talk shit about the Tom Hardy thing and I, I you know, the Venom thing, and then we got Tom Hardy, and yeah. it's like, you know, now my ears I'm still are, will, I'm still willing to talk some shit about the Venom thing, though, even with Tom Hardy. Advice. I yeah, I, I I I'm sure you are. I me personally though, I think the guy doesn't sign on to the project unless he's got some sort of creative control or over the project. Um, and he's been taking on some great roles lately. I, I and I think that if it is a problem, he's going to pull out of the movie. If mm-hmm. he's, you know, I mean, I agree with that. So that. I, if it looks really bad, he'll, right. he'll bail. I completely agree. So, I mean, I, yeah, it, it could, yeah, it could definitely bomb. But as far as like, you're, you're telling me, you're telling me that Tom Hardy's in a Venom movie. Yeah. Sky's the limit. I mean, it could, mm-hmm. this could be great. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, just say hit the panic button now. Oh my God, it's Tom Hardy. Now, if they were to cast like anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. a- anyone else. Zach Efron. Yeah, Zach Efron, <laughs> one of those, you know, some asshole like that. Then, then now we're, we got a huge problem mm-hmm. on our yeah. hands. I agree. Casting could have been much, much worse. I mean, I, yeah. So right now I'm in the same position with this Silver Sable and Black Cat movie. I mean, I guess it comes down to casting, but I don't know. <sighs> Silver Sable's a cool character, though. I'd like to see her get her dues. I, I'm just, it's already weird without Spider-Man yeah, and then you're combining yeah. these two characters. Yeah. I just, eh. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just not as like, yeah, on the title. You know, the title's the least of my concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bigger concern, I guess, with the director, Gina Prince Bythewood. She's, uh, directed the Cloak and Dagger pilot that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And then she also wrote and directed The Secret Life of Bees, which came out like, Nearly ten years ago. Oh wow! And she hasn't really done a whole lot. Um, I do like the fact that they've got. Um, is it they got? Well, they got Chris Yost, who worked on the upcoming Marvel movie Thor Ragnarok. But they've also got Lisa Joy, the co- Jonathan Nolan's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Yost, I mean, he he's done some good stuff. I know but he's done so much stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm not saying that Yost is a savior here mm-hmm. at all. And I, I mean, we haven't even seen Ragnarok yet. <coughs> but I mean, they got Lisa Joy uh, from HBO's Westworld. So I mean, she's good. I don't know. I, there's no details on the actual movie itself. It's just uh, we got a title, and uh, it's from Gina Prince Bythewood. Um, I don't know. It, I feel like these comic book movies are just like, okay, female-led movie. Got to get a female director. Uh, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and, I can see that. And it's not all the same. It's not true, though, I guess, 100%. You know, we've got Joss Whedon working on a Batgirl movie, mm-hmm. yeah. which is awesome. That is awesome. You know? But, you know, Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman. Michelle McLaren and, uh, you know, what was she? She was on Wonder Woman before Patty Jenkins. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure when we get to uh, Captain Marvel, we'll probably yeah. get. Well, we've already got we've already got the announcement of the. It's two female directors, I oh, believe. Okay. So you know. Yeah, and I'm fine. I'm not saying like no, that's that's horrible. No, I just I want them to get the best director for the job. I just I don't know. The Secret Life of Bees lady doesn't make me excited. Yeah, she yeah. seems really untested. Yeah, it's questionable yeah. when there's a decade between something that was you know actually mattered. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's like what she's most known for, and it's almost been a decade. So she's just been working on TV stuff and other things in the meantime. Yeah, to be fair, that's what know. Brian Singer still does. Yeah, yeah. Rosario Dawson is in talks to appear in uh, Fox's New Mutants film. Uh, it was a rumor, and then Josh Boone posted a picture of THR's report on his Instagram report. On his, why did I write that down twice? <laughs> uh, THR's report and on his Instagram. So uh, talks are happening, and uh, she's not going to – guys, she's not playing Night Nurse. So chill the fuck out. Uh, news from Entertainment Weekly. They said uh, sources close to the production say that Henry Zaga – Seen most recently in 13 Reasons. Oh, this is something else about the New Mutants. Uh, Henry Zaga, who is uh, in 13 Reasons Why, he played Tony's boyfriend, Brad. Really small part. Uh, he'll soon be announced in the role of Sunspot. Mm. Yeah. I'm excited to see some more New Mutant stuff, like some actual photos of what people are going to look like. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't have photos or anything like that, but I can give you an idea of what they may <laughs> Not look like they, uh, let me go on to read this. Um, details about the new mutants from Entertainment Weekly are coming out. Um, I don't know what to feel about them. I, uh, upon initial read, I hate them. I, now I don't know what the fuck to think about this. Uh, director Josh Boone, who directed The Fault in Our Stars, said this about his new mutants film. We are making a full-fledged horror movie set within the X-Men universe. There are no costumes. There are no supervillains. We're trying to do something very, very different. And uh, what else can we expect from the movie? Boone talks about his experience with the comic book. This is uh, from Entertainment Weekly. The New Mutants, which was created by Chris Claremont in the, in the early 1980s, is about a group of teenage mutants, uh, mutants <laughs> a kind of superheroes in training who must learn to control their powers when artist Bill Sankiewicz, I can't pronounce that name. Sankiewicz? Sankiewicz, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whom Boone calls one of the most amazing comic book artists ever, came aboard for number 18 in 1984. The series took a turn for what Boone describes as, quote, a darker and more surreal and impressionistic uh, X-Men series than we've ever seen before. It felt like Stephen King meets John Hughes. Uh, it's this run of the comic that inspired what we'll see in New Mutants, which is currently scheduled for a spring 2018 release and shooting for a PG-13 rating. Uh, Boone is keeping mum on actual plot details, but a source close to the project explained how mutants are at their most dangerous, both to themselves and others, when their powers are new, like, say, their teenage years, says the source, held in a secret facility against their will, Five new mutants will have to battle the dangers of their powers as well as the sins of their past. They aren't out to save the world. They're just trying to save themselves. So it basically sounds like it's going to be a combo of Stranger Things and Legion. Yeah. 
I mean, Boone's definitely doing some Hollywood exaggerating in, in this Entertainment Weekly stuff, but nonetheless, this actually has me quite excited for this property. I don't know. So I hope he pulls it off. But saying it's going to be a full-fledged horror movie, I think that's kind of a little bit of a hyperbole. It's the no costumes and horror movie yeah. and PG-13 rating that has me scratching my head. It sounds yeah. like a lot of bad ideas. I have wanted to see someone tackle that, like, x-men topic well though and that really hasn't been done yet the whole like you know the mutant thing almost being an equivalent to like puberty and kind of going horribly wrong and being just like scary mutations to those around you well i mean i kind of got that josh trank did it josh trank did it in fantastic four yeah like well i guess is what i want to say i'm just sick of directors being fans of other properties and trying to incorporate them into a comic book movie. Just make a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I get it. You're a fan of horror. You're a fan of Stranger Things and John Hughes movies. and you're, Or Stephen King. I'm saying Stranger Things. Stephen King and John Hughes movies. Just make a good fucking... I think Boone knows his shit, though. I mean, he did cite the Sinkowitz run starting with 18, and he is right that it did totally take a shift in that era. I mean, that's a great fucking run of New Mutants. And that stuff does have those hints of John Hughes and Stephen King right it's there. It's just not the what pages. I... I'm a, I love magic. It's just not what I want from this. I want... I mean, I want comic book, like, magic going to hell... And I want her to wear the costume and have the big ass fucking sword. Yeah. And I want her going to hell. And I want her, uh, you know, learning about her powers and stuff like that. But I don't know. It, this sounds like this sounds this sounds like I. It sounds like to me like maybe hopefully just an origin story, and then we can get something full blown that, that I want in the next film. Yeah, I, I, Magic's a great character, one of my favorites too. But I still think it would be cool to see like. Her being scared and not knowing what the fuck's going on at first about yeah. being in hell all of a sudden. It just seems like I get it. Like Fox has really kind of embraced like doing things differently now, uh, especially with like Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. And you know, okay, here's our comedy superhero, and like now we're gonna have like our horror superhero film, mm. and you know we're just gonna do different things. Like Logan was like our noir. Kind of like, you know, uh, our Western. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they're doing and, and they've been successful with it. I don't want them to just go all experimental with every movie. And I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a lot. Like, they could easily fuck this up. But I'm excited at the potential of these ideas. I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm not 100% sold on it. I hated it at first. I don't. And I'm not 100% sold on it. I, I, when you, when, when he's coming out here and, he's, and his statements are, I want it to be a horror movie, and I want it to be this. <clears throat> I want it to be, you know, uh, John Hughes. I want it to be, you know, whatever. A mix it, of John Hughes and Stephen King seems oddish to me. And then going for a PG-13 on that, on and then PG-13 on yeah. top of it. It's like it, how are you going to pull that off? It sounds like Josh Boone had a lot of had a lot of luck with Fault in Our Stars. It was it was a good teenage movie. It was. It was a great movie. I feel like he's just trying to make that kind of feel into an X-Men movie with mutants and and, and their powers and kind of like a coming-of-age story um, and them escaping like this facility and turning that into the horror. 
And um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think John Hughes and Stephen King seems like an odd combination either. I think that seems very natural. It's, yeah, but it's just another one of these movies where like somebody with powers is being trying to be controlled by the government. Yeah, and more teens trying to break out of a facility. And I don't know. Oh, if sure. the, I if feel the, like you can get like that tonally you can have that attitude with any comic book movie that comes out. I don't know. It's for just the next like ten years. No costumes. Didn't yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a thing. Didn't like that at all. I don't know. I'm just I don't know. It's yeah, like, it why would you go out of your way to make that statement, no costumes? Well, he's just doing his own spin on it. I mean Yeah. I mean there's still gonna be fantastical things. You know, Wolvesbane is in this movie. Like, regardless of the no costume statement, it doesn't mean there's not going to be mutants and mutations and mutant abilities happening. That's true. So don't get too frightened. I wouldn't get too frightened by a no costume statement. So he's focusing on, like, no outfit type costumes? Yeah, they're not going to have signature costumes with X's on them. Okay. I don't think think it's time to sound the alarms for that statement. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I I want to see magic, like, in her full, like, rocking the little headpiece. Yeah. In the first movie? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have no problem with that. Mm, okay. If it's anything, I feel like we've learned from all the comic book films that we've got is when you try to go really outside the box, it doesn't seem like it works all that great. Yeah, like Deadpool. But that's like comic book perfect as far as that but goes. It's, it's definitely going outside of the box and what you do when you make a comic book movie. No, it's not from outside what, of the comics. Not outside right. Of the- this seems like he's trying to make it something that it's not. It is a little bit outside of the comics. The Deadpool movie is not really like the Deadpool comics are. Well, no, but like the the feeling, like the themes are about the same. You get the same like impact. Yeah, mm, some of it they got right. It's a great movie in the same way that Guardians of the Galaxy is fucking fantastic. It's not. It's not because they nailed the comic. And one of the it's things the that I right, Deadpool, but, for one of the things that I bitch about, like fucking uh, Wolverine, is we never got to see him in the costume, and now I'm hearing like my favorite X Man, Magic, is not going to be in a costume, and I'm not happy about that. I would mm-hmm. love to see. I mean, she's a sister of Colossus, and I would love to see like. I, I, I want to see magic done justice the way that I write her in the comics and stuff like that. And I don't want this to be like a magic movie where it's just like her and her entire origin story. You can't do her entire origin story and everybody else's origin story in a movie that's not magic or a movie that's not Wolfsbane. But, I mean, it'd just be kind of cool just to see like a, a team come together and I then – I don't know. It's, it's just, a tough thing to do like from a writer's standpoint – when you're doing a franchise like like this, you've got you know five or six characters that have forty plus years of comic book history with them. You know that baggage. You've got all that kind yeah. of stuff, and you've got you've got two hours to deliver all of that. I know. So it's it's hard. I know. I just I just think that I, I I'm seeing a director here that's that that did a movie called The Fault in Our Stars, and I'm seeing him working with teenagers and doing that kind of story that he did and just incorporating it with mutants, but saying like, okay, well no costumes. It's going to be a horror movie. I get it. I get it. I totally, I can tell you the movie right now. Mm-hmm. I can tell you the movie right now. PG 13 horror. It's going to be a little bit of body horror. These kids are going to be learning about our powers. The mutant gene kicks in. Oh, what's going on with my body? 
Oh, yeah. look at my body. My body's doing some weird shit. Oh my god, I just got transported to hell. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, I'm a girl and I thought I was only supposed to get pubic hair, but now I got it all over my goddamn body. <laughs> you know, I get it. I yeah. get what you're doing. And I, I, it's gonna, it's gonna be a PG-13. It's gonna be targeted towards kids. And I, you know, I saw that movie last year. It was called Power Rangers and I really enjoyed it. I just, I, I wanted to, I guess I just wanted to see something kind of like fantastical. I, I guess I'm spoiled on the Marvel movies, Jake, yeah. where I get, oh, I'm wanting, like, they're doing it one direction, one artistic direction, Josh Boone's artistic direction. I want, Part of me just wants them to kind of just say, you know what, fuck it. Marvel's, uh, Marvel's making some great movies. They're giving us really cool costumes. They're doing all these things. Now, they've done it in their X-Men universe, but they fucked up Apocalypse's costume, and people bitched about that. The first shot that I get of magic, and she just looks like some fucking emo chick with long hair. <laughs> I'm going to be pissed off, Jake. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm sure, pissed I'm sure, off. I'm sure. I'm not denying that. I want to see her with her big-ass fucking sword, wearing that headpiece, and just looking just looking like a badass. And, and, Jay, and maybe we talked about this with the sword, mm -hmm. and I talked about how I didn't want it to be CG. Yeah. I don't think there's any other way around it, though. They could give her they could give her like a lightweight sword that yeah. she could use, mm -hmm. but to move it and maneuver it because you have to yeah, see this yeah. thing, Frank. It's mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. there's they're going to have to do CG with it if they did it that way. It doesn't sound like we're going to get that here. At the end of the movie, we might be lucky to see her with a pocket knife. Yeah, she might not even have a sword. Right. Um, I think another thing in play here with the tonal decision of this movie is the X Force movie. I think they're kind of delivering the action that you were hoping from this movie mm -hmm. in that movie. Like, that's the kind of team movie that that's going to be. And I get because it. these two movies are coming out, like, so close to yeah, each other, they're not just trying to make two of the same, you know, team type of movies. Yeah. So I, why not take the risk here and, and do, the, yeah, do the different thing? Yeah, I guess. I mean, but if you're going to say horror... Coco R. Go yeah. rated R. No no, yeah. no argument here. Like, I led my talk about this saying this, there was some exaggerated Hollywood not talk many, here. Not many horror movies can really pull off that PG-13 rating. No, I'll throw out Poltergeist. Like the Sixth Sense yeah. and Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really it. And There's not yeah. a lot that can do it. And uh, even if you throw in the superhero element, you know, I, I saw Spawn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I don't know. It... I think you've got you've got these talented kids. I think it'd be a lot more fun to see them have instead of being in a situation where they're like in fear and then mm -hmm. I I, I want to see them. If, I guess if they do this as an origin story and then give me the magic and uh, that I want later on down, I don't care what they do with Wolf Spain. No, I don't care. But I want to see a proper magic as a fan. That's what I want to see. Yeah. And I feel like Marvel. They don't have to make – all their movies are different but different in different ways. They all have that fun element, mm -hmm. OK? Yeah. But they're all different in different ways. I feel like Fox is like, OK, here's your, here's your rude, crude Deadpool comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's our, here's our team movie. Yeah. Here's our, here's our Logan Noir movie. And now here's our New Mutants horror movie. Each movie's different. We're going to give everybody a little bit of something that they want. You're completely right. That's, right. there, it's a completely different model where it's like all these different extremes yeah. rather than just slight variations on yeah. the same theme. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and because of Deadpool, I think they're a little bit blind. I think so far they think that's the route to go. Yeah. And it's, yet and I'm to not, see. I'm not saying like this, 
I'm not saying that this is going to be a bad movie. No, no. I, I completely get where you're coming from. Magic's your favorite fucking yeah, X-Men. I have a hard time. And yeah. it's like, it's just like when we saw the fucking pictures of the Joker with the damage tattoo. Yeah. And yeah. how we lost our goddamn mind. Right, right. It's, it's the same kind of thing. Like, right. You just don't want to see that happen. Yeah. To a character you love so much. Yeah, exactly. The it's first, an odd pairing of ideas that gives you a lot I, to worry it's about. It's the first on-screen appearance yeah. of Magic. And yeah. it's, the, the problem is if they screw it up, I might never get it again. Right. No, I okay? heard you. I got mad at the Ragnarok trailer for the first time because the first shot of Hella, she didn't have her fucking like headgear, and then they then, and then they uh, delivered. Yeah, and then they delivered. Oh, yeah. yeah, thank thank God. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. I yeah. get I get like as a comic book right. fan, like that shit bothers you. Yeah, know? but you know, I don't know. Magic's not. I love Magic as a character, but yeah. she's not my favorite. Right. So I'm a little bit more willing to roll the dice on this shit. Yeah. I think her happens. I think her actual origin story in the comic books is pretty fucking horrifying. Yeah, I think it is too. And I still think they could do all that stuff. Really? No, they can't. Without a costume. I don't see how saying no costume means they can't they can't do magic's crazy shit. Okay, so she goes to hell, uh she's trained by an evil sorcerer. And then she's also trained by Storm and Kitty Pride. Well, you still, that's not happening. You, exactly, but right. you could still have the evil sorcerer and being in hell. Yeah, being trained by an evil sorcerer could be part of the reason the horror element even exists in this thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like it's more like of a. Uh, they're trying to go more of a gritty tone, but also try to do it in a PG-13 setting. Like right. a PG, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's just, really weird. It's like so far from what I'm hearing, I can't tell who the target audience is for this. I think it'd be so fucking cool to see like Marvel – if if Kevin Feige had control of the property, we would be getting like her going to hell. And then when she comes back, she comes back with the badass sword right, and right. her headpiece on oh, yeah. and everything oh, yeah, yeah. and just looking – and that's the movie the, that that's I want. That's the problem though. It's It's not that – it's not a Kevin Feige thing. It's that Marvel already has the universe to just do that in. Yeah. yeah. The Fox has nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Marvel has the universe where they can just dun da 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 all in this new movie. Yeah. You've got a 15 minute Magic's fucking awesome segment right. yeah. of like, you know, her, her introduction. Yeah. But where do you introduce that in the Fox universe? Yeah, I know. I know. I Nowhere. Know. Yeah. So let's come out with another horror film. <laughs> Might as well. I guess. <laughs> Stephen I King meets John Hughes. If that's if he really pulls that off, then that sounds like a good movie to me. That's some like high high fucking profile praise like to lavish upon the thing that nobody's yeah. seen well, yet. Sure. Yeah, I just don't I, I don't like it when directors take the comic book out of the movie and incorporate other things. Right. Keep the com I keep Keep the comic feel. When I go to see a comic book movie, I like a comic book feel. I still like it to feel like a comic book, like what I read. Mm -hmm. Okay? I don't want them to give it like a new vision. And that's what Trank did. That's what Trank did. Trank was like, you know what I love? I love uh, body horror, like shit like The Fly. Mm -hmm. And I love Akira. Let me take those two things and and then and then inject it into the fantastic four and we got a clusterfuck of a movie yeah. and and now i feel like even though these are two things that i loved great separately you know i love john hughes movies and and i and i love stephen king i don't know if i want that to be like the basis of like this run of the new mutants movie but like i said earlier it is a it is part of the comic book vibe he wasn't just saying that that's what it did what he wanted to do with this movie yeah but, but when he the says that when he says doing. no costumes yeah when he says no costumes that gives me no hope for me for me just being a fan of like magic being a fan of these costumes 
being a fan of all the costumes. Let me read a fucking – here's – I skipped over this and I'm going to go back to it. Hugh Jackman told Collider that he has regrets about what he didn't get to do when playing Wolverine. And he said there were a couple of things I couldn't work out how to do. Fans always say, when are we going to get to see you in the blue and yellow spandex? And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah we, we've got to see that shot. Uh, we tried a little bit in the Wolverine. It didn't happen. On the plane at the end, he opens up the box. There's the suit. And it, that ended up getting cut in the movie. So he's talking about mm-hmm. he, he regrets not being able to wear the suit. It's like yeah, it's, like, it's like, unfortunately that's Wolverine, and that's like so many people's favorite character. I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal. I think these are characters just like Guardians of the Galaxy that you're going to have a little bit more like free. Yeah, but Star Lord looks like Star Lord. Yeah, Rocket looks like Rocket. You know, yeah, I get that. Groot, you know, I, Groot looks like Groot. They all look. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do you have to? I'm just saying that I, you can make I'm, some well, changes. Like it's well, not. The, you know, I'm saying like fucking uh, uh, Fox has always been scared of 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 Psylocke. I guess they liked Singer liked the design. Of, of course, they liked the design of that character because she looked exactly like she did in the comics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Um, did not look like Apocalypse. No. And, uh, you know, you've, you've got the X-Men in their, their leather outfits back in 2000. I yeah. get it. That, that was 2000. But man, this is fucking 2017. Right. We're not trying to probably figure out where people in costumes have a place. Yeah. It just seems like a really weird thing to this day and age now in 2017 to say, we're not going to do costumes. You tell me, you tell me that Spider-Man isn't going to fucking wear a red suit? Again, that's Spider-Man and then Wolverine, but we're t- we're not talking about A-plus characters. We're talking about characters that but most still, people I guess don't, don't even know. Why you would still cut that part out, though. You're not cutting it out. You're making that it... It's not like you're omitting it from the movie. You're making that creative decision that that's not what your movie is about. It's just a weird choice, then don't, then, then, don't then, make a comic Then make movie. a fucking horror movie about a bunch of kids that have fucking powers, but don't call but it then New then it mutants. doesn't make as much money because you can't put it so up. Then what the fucking costume? Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy made plenty of fucking money, and they had the costumes on. And it had the Marvel logo. So is this. That's my point. It's going to have the Marvel logo. It's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're saying to not do that, to just not call it New Mutants. And I'm saying the reason they're not doing that is because they're making more money by calling. Yeah, yeah, but you're telling you're telling me you're. But you're also on the flip side making an argument like, oh, they don't have to use the costumes, but they can use the costumes. It's not going to make like less money because it didn't use the costumes. No, I'm saying they're fine not using the costumes. I don't. I. You know what? That and and, and that your studio Jake. Studio Jake. Studio Jake? I'm just saying that I'm excited for this movie, not even as regular Jake thinks these are sound decisions, and I'm excited to see this movie. Uh, sound decisions. Hor- PG-13 a- horror movie with no costumes, calling it New Mutants. This is there's gonna be some, there's gonna be a little bit of fanboy outrage when these pictures come out and it looks nothing like the characters from the comics. There's gonna be some backlash, just like when there was like Apocalypse. Apocalypse hadn't been in another movie. Yeah, he was in the X Men animated series. I fucking get oh, it. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. Apocalypse wasn't in any other film iterations before this, and that's what we get. And then people fucking flip out. You're gonna see on people on Reddit. They're, 
They're going to post a picture of the fucking magic that we're getting in this movie next to the one we get in the comic book. And they're going to say, what the fuck? Yeah, but at the end of the day, if it's a good movie, we'll get over that. If it's a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big if, though. I guess yeah. I can't see why Fox's they would... track record hasn't been so fucking great unless they're doing a comedy or uh, finally Hugh Jackman has enough creative control to do the movie that he wants to do and go out on. I mean, I don't have a horse in this race. I don't know magic from anybody, but it does seem like a really weird pairing. Like you would go out of your way to say no costumes. It seems like just a fuck up before you begin. It, it just sounds with- like a director doing his thing and not caring about the actual people that enjoy the source material as far as like the way the characters look and their aesthetic. There's nothing like- wrong with the way that she looks in the comic. There's nothing wrong. And there's nothing wrong with making a comic book movie anymore. It's almost right, like yeah. Fox is just trying to like we got to have a different genre for every comic book movie now. Yeah. Like I, I, it worked in Logan for some reason. It worked the noir film. It worked. It worked for that character. Just like the Dark Knight movies work for Nolan because Batman is that character, that dark character. Right, right. These are new mutants coming into their powers, and I feel like this is the exact. This is cut from the same cloth of like what they did with the Fantastic Four, with the body horror, with them being trapped in a facility. It's a fresh mm-hmm. property, and people don't have any preconceived notions with this. So I don't understand why they'd be so averse to it. Like, I guess I don't know what it is that they're seeing that it makes sense to avert the costumes. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that, that if they, if they don't do it right and I get a shitty magic on screen, which I have like been wanting to see magic on screen for years, the way that I've envisioned her and, with Fox doing it, I'm probably not going to get that. And if the movie bombs, it may never do it again. Yeah, it's now or never for you. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I get that. I don't – and it's one of those things where Ryan Reynolds – who's going to bat? Who's going to bat for this fucking movie? Mm-hmm. Josh Boone? I don't know. We had, we had fucking Ryan Reynolds going to bat for Deadpool. They barely gave him a goddamn budget. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a horse in this race like you no, do. Like I know, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm pissing. I'm but, pissing but, and moaning about magic. But I think Boone is a good like fit for this. Like, I think uh, that he should make this movie, <laughs> but not call it New Mutants. Yeah, yeah. The vision doesn't fit from everything you're saying that belongs to magic. There, well, and they could do it. I mean, they they could actually. The, the, what's what's so awesome about this is like they could do her origin story. They could do it. They could. For sure. I mean, they've got all the characters there. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Kitty Pride. You've got Storm. I mean, it's it's a great fucking origin story. I mean, she's trapped. She's she's in hell, and and she's being trained by alternate versions of Storm and Kitty Pride. Uh, she's she and, and 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 I mean, she's basically like tortured down there. And she comes out on the other side, dude. She's fucking – she's a badass. You're getting me interested in this shit. Like what's the comic version of this called? Just magic or is it just new no, movies? It's no, just she's, new- she's with – told. her story is told within a bunch of different X-Men series. Yeah. Okay. It's it all Chris kind of Claremont though. Oh, yeah, it's mostly awesome. Chris Claremont. Yeah. Yeah, and like she taps into her like demon side and if she does that too much, it really fucks her up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, she's so she's such an amazing character. Yeah, she's a great character. I mean, I like the character a lot. That's too. what I want. I want to see the fantastical stuff that she does, and I don't know if I'm going to get that from this when they're calling it a horror PG-13 movie. You can only do do so much with like Spawn in a PG-13 Spawn, and we saw yeah. that how that flopped. And um, yeah, Magic origin, Magic's origin definitely doesn't need to be R though. And if that truly is, what it doesn't. If that truly is what we're getting here, I don't want it. I don't want them to. I don't even want them to tout this as a horror film. Uh, I yeah. hate that. 
Yeah, like that's just them exaggerating. Okay. I guess maybe he's thinking that's what pe- is going to get people excited, but yes, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, we've been talking about this way too long. <laughs> All right, I'm just when I heard no costumes. I'm just it just it kills it for me. Yeah. Especially after what Deadpool did to change people's perceptions on that shit. I mean not just the costumes, but like to go out there and do something that somebody hasn't done before. Yeah. I don't know why you would go out of your way to purposely take a comic book character and out, go out of your way to say like no costumes. It's just really weird. I just like what I'm seeing from this is I'm seeing like I get it. Like it's going to be them trapped in a facility, government controlled, them figuring out their powers. I mean, we saw this stuff in like Logan. Mm -hmm. I I thought maybe they would be in high school, like to start out with and get plucked from the high school. Yeah, I'm sure that it's not going to start out. I'm just saying, like, Mm -hmm. once we get into like the meat of it, it's going to be all of them come together and they're going to have to come together as a team. My head script had, Yeah. yeah, that. That's in there too. So I, I mean, it'll be like, and and Josh Boone does teenage stories really well. Mm-hmm. He does. I mean, I'm Faulkner sure it'll be stars, emotional. I'm sure yeah. you know. It's just like I. That's a that's a great movie, but you know, I saw I Chronicle. I like that. But if 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 they <laughs> if they would have called that movie New Mutants mm-hmm. or something or Power Rangers or or something else, and had no elements of like. You know, like the Power Ranger suits mm-hmm. or yeah. New Mutants or anything like that. I mean, in- Wolfsbane's going to look like Wolfsbane, and I'm excited to see that. It's going to look like a wolf girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a fun character with a lot of history, too. Sure. All right, man. So we got we got, we got got a wolf girl. <laughs> I don't know, Jake. I, get, I don't know. I'm not excited, man. Yeah, I hear you. It's like they keep repeating the sins of the past. And we ke- I keep repeating myself. Ugh. Just bitching about this movie. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. We don't know a ton about the new Captain Marvel movie coming out. Uh, we do know uh, Brie Larson's going to be Carol Danvers. We do know um, they've got their directors. And we also found out that Marvel's going to be introducing the quantum realm in future films. We saw the uh, – it was uh, – the quantum realm was the world that we saw in Ant-Man. Um, where uh, the Wasp is now trapped, oh. okay? Uh, and uh, Marvel brought on a, an actual quantum physicist, uh, Dr. Spiros. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Dr. Spiros Mil- Mil- Michalakis. Um, and uh, he actually let this out in an interview. Uh, he said, this is exciting for the future. There are different ways that some of these ideas appear on screen in a few years, not just for Ant-Man, but also for Captain Marvel and all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we're going to get more of the quantum realm. That's neat. Mm. And it sounds like they're going out of their way to get, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson to shut up on Twitter after their movie comes out. Oh, God. So, that, yeah, they got, their own, <laughs> they got their own quantum physicist here. Oh, shit. I don't know. Well, uh, what's she, what's she going to be doing in the quantum realm? That's what I want to know. Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe her villain has something to do with Did it. Did we see any of the quantum realm in Doctor Strange? Uh, when he no, was when I don't he was zipping so. when he was zipping through stuff? You gotta imagine yes. I think we had an art I think I talked about this mm-hmm. on the show. I think they confirmed that when he was uh zipping around when uh the ancient ones pushed him out of his body and mm-hmm. sent him through all that shit mm-hmm. that he went through the quantum realm. Hmm. I think that was one of the articles that we read on the show. That's cool. 
I like Interesting, it. like the mystic didn't I make, didn't, I make, didn't I say like fanboys are going to pause that scene and try to see if they can see the wasp? Oh, I remember that. I, right? I do remember that. You yeah. did say that. Yeah. So this will be, again, this quantum realm seems to be something important. Yeah. I, I thought it might only be important in Ant-Man and that they only did it in Doctor Strange for like a Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But apparently it's coming up in the uh, Captain Marvel movie. Which It's because Annihilation is coming. You think? I don't know. I mean, that's... Isn't that a Fantastic Four character, though? Yeah, but we do know that there's been lots of talks about Marvel needing a couple villains and characters. Well, James Gunn was wanting to get Annihilation for Guardians 3. A a, a future Guardians film. Oh, Annihilus he wanted? Annihilus, yes. Mm, Okay. So, I I mean, that's the type of character I could see being... He's from the negative zone is where that character's from. That's Fantastic Four, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, hmm. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Oh, man. The MC, the MCU needs some kind of that. Like yeah. the negative zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Guardians, uh, landing in Abnet did the cancer verse that was really cool where it had all the different evil versions of all the different Marvel characters there too. I think, I, th- I think, I, um, I think that Marvel's going to get Fantastic Four back. I do. Uh, there's so many, yeah. like, there's such a well of great villains for them to mm-hmm. use there and lands and properties and ideas. It's so much more than just the Fantastic Four. I don't, I, like, I can't see Marvel making another, I can't see Fox making another Fantastic Four movie. No, not yeah. in the time okay. that it takes to keep the franchise. Because yeah. in my opinion, if you get Fantastic Four after you do the Thanos stuff, you build towards your massive Galactus epic. I think what, I think what's going to happen here is, is Fox will eventually try to do a deal like Sony, like Sony with Fantastic Four. I, I I think I think they'll do that before they sell, okay, or let the rights lapse. Do you think Marvel at this point could pretty much tell them, "No, nah, we're not going to work with you. Just give it back." No, I don't think they would. I think that I think that they would work with them. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, it makes headlines. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's true. All press is good press, and you know, it, them being friendly and shaking hands, like. It's a big deal to people. Look what yeah. it's doing for the Spider-Man stuff. I mean, they've yeah, been working together in the TV stuff, you know, with Legion. That's true. Yeah, you know? that's true. And with Gifted, mm-hmm. you know. Sounds like even, like, the comic side and, like, the toy side is finally starting to give a little bit more respect to, like, Fantastic Four and X-Men mm-hmm. and stuff, too. Yeah, so. Yeah, I I think something's got to happen. Something's got to give here pretty soon. I think that's why Kevin Feige's statements last week that I read, mm-hmm. him saying, you know, ah, you know. Who knows? Yeah, we'd love to get him back here at Marvel. I think that something's. Yeah. I think that I think something's going on. Future phases are really like we knew so much more in advance, mm-hmm. like four years ago. Yeah. Than we what we know like now. Right. As like, far as like, that. yeah, the slate and what yeah. we're going to get in what order. We yeah. really don't know that much past Infinity War, do we? Yeah, because like with the exception of Spider-Man: Homecoming, we pretty much had everything we've seen mapped out. For the last five years, like five yeah. years ago on right. this podcast, we pretty much told you what happened. Yeah. <laughs> with the exception of Homecoming. Right. Yeah, exactly. But we don't have that now. So it's really right. strange. And it leaves you to wonder what kind of things are going on behind the scenes yeah. that they can't finalize that slate yet. Yeah. I, I think I. it just it makes sense. I, I'm not saying X-Men's coming home. I, I, I don't think that's me happening. Ne- me but neither. I, yeah. But I think Fantastic Four, like... Josh Trank basically gave us the best gift of all by giving us the worst movie possible. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's like on football when you want to like just lose so you can get that mm-hmm. number one draft pick. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Trank, Trank really screwed Fox there, and Fantastic Four is definitely coming back to Marvel. I think eventually. As far as mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't see any other way around it. Oh man, that would be so amazing. They can't reboot it. Doom is a respectable they, villain within they, the Marvel universe. They could. Uh, well, they could, but like, but people already have a sour taste in their yeah, mouths. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they know. There's no. How much money are they going to dump into something that people already have such negative feelings? And towards? after after so much after so much time, the rights will lapse. Yeah. They, they have to make a movie, mm-hmm. otherwise the rights will lapse. So it's either sell, which if they sell, then they lose making money ever again on the property. Right. Or they could just say, well, let's see how this Spider-Man Homecoming movie does. Yeah, you know they're watching. Okay. Uh, wow. Spider-Man Homecoming blew up. Plus, they don't want to take any right now, even if there are things being worked out, they don't want to take away any attention from that Sony Marvel deal. Mm-hmm. So if the movie makes over a billion dollars... Articles will come out, boom, and then Fox will jump in on it. Right. All right. Yeah. Guess. Guess what? Fantastic Four. And I'm not. We're. I'm speculating, but it I, makes perfect sense. It does. It does. And I mean, oh, yeah. after this, it's like you know. Then the Fantastic Four. Now they can be incorporated into the universe. They can. Uh, they can have them in a movie first. You know. Mm-hmm. I, and I've. I've said this. Like, oh, how do you? How do you introduce Marvel's first family? Into the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Well, all of a sudden, okay, you have uh, Steve Rogers or Doctor Strange or Tony Stark or Tom Holland in school. Have have Spider Man movie. Here we go. Tom Holland's in school. Teacher up at the class talking about how, hey kids, do you remember what happened in 1963? Kid raises his hands. Yeah, uh, I remember the the Richards family went up went up into outer space and never came back. Oh, that's an interesting yeah, do, like, man out of time stuff with them too. Nineteen sixty three, the the Richards family went into outer space. They never came back, and then uh, Easter egg or whatever. And then you know we find out in the proper Fantastic Four movie that they went into a portal, and time works differently out in outer space. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to Earth, and now we've got another situation on our hands where like there are people out of time. Right. You know, and uh, we get to see Sue Storm get a new hairstyle or something or, you know, they, something like that. Maybe maybe they've been gone for what they thought was minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they, yeah. they come back and it's been 50 years. Something like that. That yeah, is interesting. Yeah. Or do you like the thing where like it's like a thing where everyone forgot they were even there, like kind of do the century storyline, but with mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four. Yeah. That might be cool too. Yeah. I like what you're saying, but maybe a little bit too close to kind of the Captain America themes they've got going in the movies for me. I know, I know, I know, but I'm, I'm just trying to find a workaround. So that's all that, I'm thinking. So I'm thinking maybe they've just been like, maybe Dr. Strange realizes that they've been there. They've always been around, but everyone's been made to forget who they are. You know, and yeah. you, like awareness has to be brought back to them or something. The good it, thing is, is that we've been exposed to all this stuff with Marvel for the past nine years or so. It'd be believable. They can make a way for it to happen yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. However you do it. Right. I'm sure it'll be better than whatever Trank did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything, <laughs> anything, anything that Feige and uh, I mean, whatever, whoever, whatever director they get is going to be Marvel gets is going to be better than what. Trank did so. Yeah. Uh, burr, 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 burr. uh DC news. Let's move on. Let's see. Yeah, 
Where is it? Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, so this week in DC, real quick off the top, uh, wanted to talk about uh, at the City of Heroes convention in the UK, Ray Fisher, actor who's going to be playing Cyborg, mm-hmm. recently confirmed that the Cyborg movie is still on track for a 2020 release. Uh, I I think that he'll be one of the last people to know. I know. Right. That's hilarious. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> so take this with a grain of salt is right, what you're right. saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, do we have a director for Cyborg? No, I, I believe no. Yeah. Yeah, 2020. I guess it's easy to say that and then say you were wrong in six months or something. Yeah. I mean, okay. Okay, maybe. Are we speaking a little too prematurely right now? Are, a little are, bit. Are, well, hold on. Well, yeah, as far as the movie coming out with, uh, you know, with with these movies now, see the thing is like uh, Batman v Superman can't make a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman, I'm hearing great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing some great things. Say Wonder Woman explodes. Um, Justice League comes out. What if Cyborg is a uh, a very popular character after the movie? What I, that would be awesome. You know, yeah. I mean, we really don't know. A whole lot about Ray Fisher other than his uh, theater background. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He's pretty much an unknown. Uh, you know, we've seen some unknowns make their mark in superheroes. Oh, yeah, I, I Christopher agree. Reeves, uh, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. Yep. These guys were nobodies. But I, honestly, I feel like <laughs> Batista even, really. Like, who the fuck knew who that wrestler was? Yeah, right. He's blown yeah, up. Yeah, but we're not going to, we're not, I'm saying, we're not getting a Drax movie. Mm-hmm, you know? Right. I'm just I'm I'm talking about guys that that have been like leads in mm. films. You know, Christopher Reeve had the toughest challenge, I'd say, you know, you know, the ultimate superhero at the time, like the the most well like the Michael Jordan of superheroes back in 1970 78. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Was Superman. Now of course it's Batman. Yeah. But like the Michael Jordan back then was uh, you know, Superman. Mhm. And he had to, he had to, he had to come in there and he had to fill the shoes of George Reeve who did the TV series. Yes. For crying out loud. He had to, he had to, he had to reinvent this character. And, uh, now everyone has to fill his shoes. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like you, you've got your work cut out for you when you're, when you're coming into those shoes. That's a great point. And like <laughs> anybody, you know, anybody who steps into the role of Wolverine is going to oh, be underneath, yeah. a, a, under a microscope. Now we, we, we cyborg. I don't know. It, it, can the character transcend? Robert Downey Jr. transcended the character of Iron Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe something happened on that paper that we just don't know about yet when they wrote that Justice League screenplay. Yeah. Like, hopefully that's the case. I mean, well, much I mean, like, I mean, I, I know Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman and yeah, one of the most yeah. notable characters in the world. Yeah. But that kind of happened in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Or that was the only thing that right. really that movie did for you for right. a lot of people. Yeah. Well, they're saying they're saying that the uh, you know from what I'm hearing that the chemistry between Flash and Cyborg is a lot of fun in the mm-hmm. Justice League movie. That's cool. Is what I've been hearing. Like these guys, you know, they they inject a lot of youth into you know. Uh, I even talked about it like uh, when they're in that uh, that 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 uh, Batman 
vehicle that he's got that's going down in the sewers that's you know cutting up the parademons mm-hmm, underground mm-hmm. Yeah. like what if uh flash or cyborg or cyborg starts playing some fucking like hip-hop music on him yeah that you would know? be awesome. like like he's a fucking walking ipod right, right. and <laughs> batman's just like what the hell you know and wonder woman's like what is this music and maybe she likes it i don't know i'm just you know like maybe these characters are fun maybe it's not going to be like the cyborg that we've had it, and he doesn't necessarily have in my opinion, he doesn't have to be the, necessarily the cyborg that we've had in um, the comic books, who, who I think is kind of like a, a sad character, yeah. always upset. You know, he doesn't know he's dead, for crying out loud, you know? Like, the machinery's keeping him alive. Mm-hmm. And it's it's he's always a, he's a weird character in the comic books. Um, and I'm not talking about, like... Uh, the Teen Titans Go show. I agree. It's a character that you don't need to adapt 100% from the comic, that you should definitely take some liberties with and try to maybe enhance the character. Well, I'm thinking it's a perfect opportunity for them Mm -hmm. where they've had, you know, like doom and gloom movies in the past. Now you've got two young guys that can inject some new blood into into this, you know? And it it seemed even before the, um, like, it seems like Snyder was going for a less doom and gloom movie. Yeah. I mean, that's like all reports have said that. Right. Even the trailers we've seen right. have been lighter toned than stuff we've seen from the previous Snyderverse yeah. movies. What are the, I mean, what, what, what are we doing with a cyborg movie? Are, are we setting up, I mean, uh, are we setting up his origin story? Are we going, are we getting that full origin story for cyborg or are we just jumping into like what's cyborg doing post justice league? I think that's what we're doing now, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if you, you're bringing him out, like giving him his movie debut in justice yeah. league, continue that story from there. Don't try to backtrack. Yeah. And I think you, I'm fine with them doing his origin in justice league. In fact, I almost find it necessary being he, he's like the one character that most people won't be too familiar now, we with. We saw yeah, a yeah. lot. We saw a lot of his origin take place though. Not a lot. We saw, we saw elements of his origin story take place though in batman v superman um with the mother box being unlocked by his father who uses it as a, like a last you know last right. uh yeah that's true yeah that's true i forgot all about that yeah he used the mother box and then the nanobites i listen to you it's well <laughs> in the comic books isn't it nanobite technology that brings him back to life now yeah. it's the mother box in yes. this version yes okay yeah. i'm confusing the two sorry yeah, they switched yeah. it up on that from yeah. comic to movie. The comic books, his father invented these nanobites, so kind of like these microscopic little robots. Like if you've ever seen the movie Inner Space or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. instead of people commanding them, like little robots go in there and then like that, you know, that, that reanimates them, right, brings right, them right. back to life. Yeah. And in this one, Miles, I want to call him Miles Dyson because <laughs> it's the same actor <laughs> right, from right. too. My, Michael Crichton wrote a really good nanobot yeah. science fiction book called, really? called Prey. Yeah. I've always wished. It's like the one Crichton thing that they've never, uh, made like the big movie or yeah. TV show out of it. It's yeah. really fucking cool because it's yeah. like this guy creates the nanobots and they can do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then they develop their AI and they go off and do their own thing mm. and start taking over shit. Nice. Yeah. I I, I don't have – saying all this, I, I, we're basically we're writing fan fiction for Cyborg because we know nothing about oh, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I, I do think that this movie as far as – after Flash, because I think the Flash has the biggest hurdles to overcome right now with oh, all the problems yeah. that it's had. Mm-hmm. But I think like um, I think this has a lot of hurdles over it. I mean, you're dealing with a character that's basically like, you know, I mean, 
RoboCop, Iron Man, you know? I mean, yeah, it's kind of silly on paper. Yeah. So he needs they to be engaging cool. in the Justice League to yeah. make people actually want to go out of their way to see a solo film. A cyborg film. And, like, who's the villain going to be in a cyborg film? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Because, like, I, as far as, like, I don't read cyborg comics. You know, I've read the Joker. I've read them in, like, Teen Titans. And, you know, I tried to read, like, one... Mm-hmm. One cyborg comic uh-huh. for the new Fifty Two, and I was just like, ah, I'm not into this. Yeah, hopefully the movie yeah. will be cool, and it'll change your you know views on him. Big, big DC news that came out this week was uh, Zack Snyder stepped down uh, from the director's chair of Justice League mm-hmm. to deal with a family tragedy that happened back in March, where his 20 year old daughter uh, committed suicide, and uh, he tried to work through it, and he thought that the project of Justice League would get him through it, and. Um, found out that it's he needed to step away and he needed to spend time with his family his time and warner brothers i gotta commend them mm-hmm. they actually offered zach more time to work on the film but zach snyder he's just left completely yeah and i gotta commend them yeah um for that uh zach snyder left a statement in my mind i thought it was a cathartic thing to go back to work just to bury myself and see if if that was the way through it the demands of this job are pretty intense. It is all consuming, and in the last two months, I've come to the realization I've decided to take a step back from the movie to be with my family, be with my kids, who really need me. They're all having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. See, that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. like the grieving process is – It's that's what it is. It's a process. And, mm-hmm. and, and Zach, in order to grieve properly, he needs to step away from the Justice League and be with his own family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at first it was easy for him to just completely block everything out. Yeah. He had this massive undertaking that yeah. he had in front of him. Yeah, uh, he had the perfect setup of something to hide his feelings away from. Yeah, and I'm glad that he finally kind of stepped away from that and realized that his family is probably what needs him most in this kind of crisis. And I know I've been down on the you know I I, I was down on Batman v Superman mm-hmm. and and. Um, and, uh, but I, I love a lot of Zack Snyder stuff. I mean, I love, I loved Watchmen. I love that movie. I love 300. Yeah, um, great. Dawn of the Dead. Um, and I love Man of Steel. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it's one of the, and, and I, I've seen the guy in interviews. Um, I've seen what he's done with San Diego Comic Con crowds. And how, I mean, and how back in the day he used to get people so excited. And I see his love for these characters. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I think Batman v Superman was, I gave it a taste. And I, I still think that there's a lot of problems with that movie. But I do think that we are, we do have a guy who's a fan. Yeah, it, you know, as much as I dislike Zack Snyder movies, I have no personal ill will towards the man Zack Snyder. Yeah. yeah. And if there's one thing I'll completely agree with you on, it's that regardless of what I think of his films, Zack Snyder is a fan of these properties. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's proven that time and time again in interviews and, like you said, the Comic-Con stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he is definitely a passionate fan yeah. for this stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, he's no Brian Singer where he's like – barely read anything like right. he, he loves the source material yeah and he made a really brave choice to do this yeah and regardless and, what, and the right choice yeah regardless of what i feel about his professional choices or whatnot having kids of my own i can't imagine what it would be like to lose one yeah let alone to lose one to suicide yeah 
I mean, mentally the guy's got to be all over the place. Yeah. And I, I give him a lot of props for trying to go back to see if that was the way to handle it. And even more so for acknowledging that that wasn't the way to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And to publicly state that, that's another thing too. Like he knows he's out there and I got nothing but good wishes for the guy. I hope that him and his family can get over this because yeah. I mean, I don't know how I would. Well, him and Debbie work together a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're very close, very close. They work together a lot and it's like, you know, um, she was right there when they did all those Justice League press visits. Yeah. Like she was almost the like keynote speaker and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Man, it's it's heartbreaking, man. He'll um, be back. Oh yeah, I guarantee you, Zack Snyder will direct another DC. Oh yeah, feature film. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, I'm telling you, like I didn't like Sucker Punch, but I'll be damned. I can't tell you. I mean, it looked gorgeous. Yeah, it looked gorgeous. I think the the guy, the guy, what he's got going on in his brain, all the creativity mm -hmm. and the vision that he has, and the way he's able to put that vision on screen visually. I mean. This guy can show us some amazing things. Like, you know, I, I, visually he does an amazing job. Yeah. Um, I've I, always thought if we could team Zack Snyder up with a really fucking good writer that yeah, I like, yeah. we could really have some fucking shit brewing. I, I feel the same way about – there's certain people that I feel the same way. Like I think they're visionaries. Uh, it, like you're saying, like get them with the right writer. Mm -hmm. Somebody that kind of like rein them in a little bit. You know, give us that vision, but rein them in. I feel the same way about the Wachowskis sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great comparison. You know, the Wachowskis, I feel like the Wachowskis have, like, the best vision and some of, like, the coolest concepts. I loved Cloud, At Cloud Atlas. Mm -hmm. I love that movie. It's a great movie. It's, it's, it's unreal how good that movie is. But, like, you know, you watch Jupiter Ascending and you're like, there's some good stuff in here, mm -hmm. but man, it's all over the fucking place, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and it's it's real convoluted. If they had somebody to rein them in, you know, a little bit, uh, and Zack Snyder is the same way. I, I I think that I think that you know Batman v Superman, he, it, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. But I think that you know uh, you blend Doomsday, you you blend yeah. Injustice. Yeah, yeah, a you, little bit too, too much. much. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, of his favorite stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's 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 one of those things where, um, so, I mean, but, yeah. but, like you look at stills from Batman v Superman, like on a visual presentation alone. I mean, yeah. that's where Zack Snyder excels. Yeah, that's why I've always thought, man, if you could just tee this guy up with a yeah. really good fucking screenplay instead of this goyer crap, right? <coughs> this guy could really make a fucking kick-ass movie and I I, I I love Watchmen. I, I felt like he yeah. was he was really true to the source material except for the end <laughs> except for the end but he made it better yeah i mean like like a giant squid at the end of no that no time. i i agree with yeah. the argument that you really couldn't do the comic book ending in the movie mm -hmm. like he, you it kind of like you were forced i thought i thought like his musical choices in that were amazing i i love the opening of watchmen yeah he, has, he, I, he has great musical taste i love his mm -hmm. music and sucker punch is not good as it is has great fucking great music great music in. great music and yeah, great music in the Watchmen. You know, using music from like you know, uh, you know, like from the '60s and, and and through the '80s and stuff like that. It's he's he's really talented. I I, I really like Zack Snyder. Um, I just haven't I didn't enjoy Batman v Superman and and you know some of it. You know, but whatever it is, yeah. what it is. But. I really dislike Zack Snyder movies, but I I wish him the best. Yeah. I you know I don't. Whatever. Right. I, like I said, I still see there being a chance that Zack Snyder makes something that could be one of my favorite fucking movies ever. Yeah. I think he's a guy that has that in him. Yeah. 
You know, and it's like it's one of those things where I saw a lot of uh, outpouring from fans wishing him wishing him well, and that was nice. Mm-hmm. I, d- I didn't see anything negative. I'm sure Good. it's out there, but I'm sure it's out there. But ah, fuck those people. Exactly. But I saw a lot of well wishing from fans, and it's like one of those things. Like you know, uh, you know, we're all here uh, to to help him to help him like grieve together. That's mm-hmm. the way it should be. It should mm-hmm. be a community. You know, even if you don't like his uh, his directorial uh choices i mean he's a person mm-hmm. you know yeah for sure and uh geez. He, he doesn't deserve any kind of trolling or no, disrespect. no. not at all not at especially all. with the loss of a kid yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's awful well it looks like joss whedon uh is gonna be um a superhero himself he's gonna come in here to help finish this film and uh filming is finished uh editing is happening and reshoots are going to happen Producer Charles Roven confirmed that reshoots haven't happened yet. Uh, Charles Roven also confirmed to Variety that Whedon has been working on Justice League already. Uh, he says, we're excited about the film, of course, but we are uh, we were saddened by the events that caused Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder to have to leave to turn the reins over to Joss Whedon. He was already working with us on some of the scenes for that additional photography that we're going to be doing shortly. It was fortunate that Zack convinced him and he agreed to step in and finish the movie to help Zach finish the, his vision. We're excited about that. So Whedon's got a family too, so I'm sure yeah, he, he understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, <coughs> pretty. Uh, it, we, this is nothing new for Whedon, right? No. Whedon, Whedon helped. Uh, Whedon helped with uh, Thor: The Dark World. Mm-hmm. Do it, some things there. It's yeah. kind of like pretty fucking awesome on paper too. Yeah, that the same guy is helping bring both the Avengers and the justice league to cinema. Yeah. yeah. Like that's kind of neat. Yeah. And in some ways I'm kind of glad too, because Whedon is a counterbalance of everything that we've seen out of the DCEU so far, yeah. but I don't expect like a totally different movie just because he's helping to finish it up. Yeah. I felt like Snyder was trying to make it a little bit more Whedon ish to begin with yeah. before Whedon was even involved. Right. Just from what we'd seen just yeah. from the trailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those scenes yeah. with you know Flash and Batman, yeah, yeah and, and stuff this will like just that. make Whedon's job a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah, moving yeah. forward, so it doesn't feel like two completely different films. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not going to be a giant tonal shift just because right. Whedon's on board. It, right. was, it was already leaned this way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, great yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, but man, yeah, our uh, our thoughts are with Zack Snyder in this trying time. Yeah, poor guy, and, yeah. and what a brave choice. I mean, that this is. Justice League. We know he's a big fan. We know it. This is kind of his fucking baby. Yeah. And this had to be a hard decision to step away from Absolutely. this. And, and most likely it was the right decision. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I can't imagine trying to go on with, like, my professional career with this having just happened. Yeah. No, I know. He needs to He needs to be with his family and help his family grieve. I mean, yeah. this is I mean, this is a, a life that, that he brought into this world mm-hmm. that's not here. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not just dad, it's mom and dad. Just like you mom, said, you know, yeah. Deborah walked away too. Deborah walked away as well. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh it's it's heartbreaking, man. So uh yeah, Zack Snyder, man. Uh I hope I hope he does come back and uh you know, and if he's not doing another DC movie, I want to see what else he has for us because I, I do enjoy him as a director. Yeah, I'm excited to see a, another property done by Zack Snyder yeah. post DC. Yeah. Wow. Wow. According to, um, let's move on. Um, according to Reddit user, uh, at WBUT7 in the, uh, subreddit DCEU leaks, 
teased that there could be three main villains in Matt Reeves directed the Batman. Hmm. Um, here's here's what I got. No work has been commissioned on this movie. Apparently, Matt Reeves has yet to even start on this and has to fulfill his commitment on War of the Planet uh, War for the Planet of the Apes before working with Ben Affleck. Although there has been rumors of the script being thrown out, there have been rumors around the executives that Matt Reeves wants to incorporate many Batman villains. These villains will include Deathstroke, Joker, and Scarecrow. The studio has already been working on Deathstroke and has mock-ups of a potential new Scarecrow. Um, He or or she also said, quote, Many, if not most, members of Batman's rogues gallery will be making appearances in the film. Um, Wowzers. Yeah. So, uh, what, what does it make you think? Are we going to get, are we going to get, uh, Arkham? I mean, are we going to get, you know, just to mm-hmm. see them in, in Arkham? Oh, that or, makes sense why we would be able to see multiple. Yeah. yeah. Maybe do the classic Nightfall storyline where everyone breaks out of Arkham and it's just mayhem in Gotham. Well, it sounds like the three, the three, well, the three main ones are Deathstroke, Joker, and Scarecrow. Mm. It still could be. It still could be with those other characters getting loose mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and leading up to future films. Yeah. So it, it still could be. Deathstroke definitely doesn't bother me. Scarecrow doesn't bother me. But why the Joker again? Just leave him alone for a while. Do something else. There's yeah. a lot of shit you can pull from. Don't have to go to the Joker. Think about it this way, though. I want you to think about it this way. All right. So when you take over the Batman and you're Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. Matt Reeves might be like, you know, uh, I got a really cool Joker story to tell. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, let's just fix it. Yeah. Let's pretend that other Joker didn't even happen. Right. Yeah. And if, if that's any, what's going on, I'd and, be cool with that. And if anybody can fix it, hopefully it's Matt Reeves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, for crying out loud, the guy took over Planet of the Apes. I mean, and they've been great movies. Yeah, yeah that's and true. I mean, and that wasn't broke, but he still found a way to make it even better. Right. Well, the first one's great. Yeah. The, the Charlton Heston stuff. The first uh, – you're talking about uh, – is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about the, the first uh, eight movie was good oh, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that wasn't even Matt Reeves. That's what I'm and saying. Yeah. No, I get you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he made it better. I understand now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earlier I thought you were talking about the Charlton Heston no, yeah, films no, 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 no. not being broke. Yeah. And I was going to get into like – well, yeah, but they got progressively worse. Yeah, well, I'm saying he made a good thing better. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, absolutely. Not going to argue there. So it's one of those things like when Scott Snyder took over writing the Batman. Of mm-hmm. course, he started off with his own original story. Like, okay, this is what I want to do. And he gave us Court of Owls, and it was great. Yeah, Matt Reeves didn't cut – the reason we had all the, you know, will he, won't he, is he wasn't going to come on – to be the person that was just going to do what they wanted. He wasn't going to be David Ayer. Yeah. Right. He wanted to make his mark right. on this character. Right. So. Right. If it's a good story, I mean, I definitely want to see, see that's it. A, it's just, I, but I feel really like, weird. Like even Scott Snyder, when he took over the comics, like his second story was the Joker story. Yeah. He gave right. us yeah. a Joker story. So it's like Matt Reeves, you only, this might be his only Batman film for all we know. We don't know if Matt Reeves is going to do this and then come back and do another thing. He might, True. he might move on or he, or, or this movie might not be good and he'll yeah. never do another one. Ben Affleck might leave. We don't know the True. future of these, these actors and characters. And so he might get one crack at the Joker, one crack at the Joker. And if any, Jake, yeah, if anybody can fix it, 
It's this guy. Yeah. We'll right? Get rid of Leto, though. Uh, they need to, they, they need to, they, they need to, Leto needs to work on that character. Yeah. Leto needs to work on that character. I think it's broken. Damaged. Yeah. It's damaged. <laughs> damaged beyond repair. I think, let's just pretend it never even happened. That's gangster Joker and not Batman Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I think something's going to happen with that Joker. Uh, let see what they so, do. Leto sounds like he's coming back. I mean, he's had statements, and yeah. he's not walking away from the character. It sounds like he's coming back. I think he's definitely got potential to do a good job. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. I just, yeah. I, I, I don't know what that is. Well, yeah, I, mean, I know that. <laughs> I mean, even though I liked Suicide Squad, that all right, he was the least favorite part of that shit for me. But, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not a creative person, so I can't see what they can do with him moving forward to make him palatable. Uh, this, Fire him. This, uh, <laughs> yeah, that I, I, I would love to see Leto come back and do it properly. I think he's got – I think if they gave him the right look and they gave him the right direction, I think the guy could – He's definitely got the chops. If that's what Leto wanted to give us, if that's – like if they said – Hey, you know, what do you want to do with the character? And Leto's like, oh, let me do this. Let me do fucking Hot Topic Joker with the mm-hmm, damaged mm-hmm. tattoo. <laughs> and this is the, I'm going to be method acting and I'll give you my Joker. Then yeah, fire him. Yeah. But if Leto is, uh, if Leto is, if he, if he's willing to, to work on it and change it up a little bit, Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give him one more shot. I know because he wasn't the, happy with what he saw nice out of the theatrical release. Yeah, yeah, he was he was very vocal about yeah. not much caring for the suicide. So, I mean, at least though. he understands that that was hot garbage. I think he's. A, I think he's. A, I mean, uh, aside from this film, Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. I think Leto is a really good actor. I 100 percent agree. Yeah, I think he's very talented. But if if this is the Joker that he wants to give us. Then yeah, he's got to go. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I Jake, I can't suffer through another fucking. Yeah, I mean, you know that's where I'm at. I want him gone now. <laughs> Just I don't even want the. I don't even want to chance it. Yeah, get him out of here. I mean, I don't know how you. I don't know if they just want to recast right now. This is yeah. totally different than recasting, you know, Terrence Howard to John Chadle and in, in you know War Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is like this is, this is the Joker, right? You know? I don't think it's that different. Because I think it's easier than that, honestly, because here you're going to have a completely tonally different movie, and it would make perfect sense to have a completely tonally different Joker. I will see. So just do it. I don't know. All right, guys. Don't, uh, don't expect Wonder Woman to have an ultimate cut. Uh, director Patty Jenkins. She uh, talked to Collider. She said, you know, it's not like a long journey didn't happen, but what amazes me is how little has actually changed from the first cut other than tightening. Little changes to the final battle. That was really it. I think that what I, uh, I think that's what I ended up finding about the final battle was I was hitting emotional points for Diana that I really wanted to hit, but I felt a craving for some other kinds of emotional gratification and engagement that we tried to accentuate even more. I think what you learn is rhythm, tone, humor, where the jokes are happening. But in our case, I just now can finally say all of this. We didn't cut one scene in this movie, nor did we change the order of one scene in the mo- in this movie from the script that we went in shooting with. Um, That's impressive. 
Uh, yeah, that's really impressive. Uh, the studio, if this movie succeeds, the studio is going to basically worship at the feet of Patty Jenkins. Oh, like, yeah. This is a studio's wet dream yeah, to is. not waste film, mm-hmm. not waste money. Mm-hmm. Get a movie. Be a hit? Well, yeah. it's a hell of a script, too. It's not just Patty Jenkins at that point. It's, man, what, what's the guy who's writing the script? It's the guy that did uh, fucking the OC and uh, Young know. Avengers. Not sure. Oh, I, forget the, I forget that writer's name. Alan something. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm just, what I'm saying is like, we've seen Zack Snyder have close to an hour of footage on the cutting room floor. Yeah. That they used in the ultimate cut. That was like, what, yeah. extra 45 minutes, 50 yeah. minutes? I mean, you know, and, well, and think about the stuff they didn't use. Right. I mean, there's a lot of shit that explained the story that they cut out of that. It sounds like a, like a, like a tight story and mm-hmm. like whatever they gave her, she made it work. Yeah. It's a great combination of yeah. screenplay and director. I yeah. think at that point, I'm trying to get this Wonder Woman. It's like right walking through the doors with both your fucking middle fingers in the air being like, take it, bitch. Yeah. If everybody likes it, man, holy shit. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm yeah. not intentionally excited. Alan Heinberg wrote Wonder Woman. He's a fantastic writer. He wrote the first 12 issues of Young Avengers, hmm. created the OC. So. Nice. Yeah. I've never watched the OC. Young Avengers, I've. I don't know if I've read the first one. He wrote the Children's Crusade series, okay. too, that Chung drew. That's just fucking amazing. All of, yeah. all of Heinberg's Marvel stuff is fucking awesome. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman. Can't wait. That's awesome. Let's move on to Star Wars news and wrap this up. Guys, I, I we're never going to read emails. <laughs> I thought we were going to today. I really did. Yeah, Can't ban anybody if you don't read emails. Uh, that's true. Uh, Star Wars news. <laughs> What am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, Kathleen Kennedy revealed to uh, to Vanity Fair about uh, Leia Organa's role, and uh, you know, basically talking about the future mm-hmm. of uh, Leia and. Uh, and uh, a conversation she had had with Carrie Fisher right after episode eight wrapped filming. She said she was having a blast. The minute she finished, she grabbed me and said, I'd better be at the forefront of nine because Harrison was the, was front and center on seven and Mark is front and center on eight. She thought nine would be her movie and it would have been. So, um, man, That's heartbreaking to hear. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, like, I thought we had been hearing that she got a lot more screen time in this movie than she did in the last film, which maybe, I mean, maybe she has. But it yeah. seems like Nine, they were really setting her up. And I feel like that stuff has to do with uh, Kylo. I think that they were going to explore – if I had to guess, they are gonna they were going to explore her relationship with her son yeah. in Nine. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. And – if there is a redemption story, well, you do need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bring him back, she would have been the one to do it. Yeah, it's going to be a tough read right there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think it's going to be more about Master and Apprentice now, or do you think it's going to be more about now that they're going to have to write in a death for the character, that will also come into play in Part 9? 
I think it will be a little bit more about Master and Apprentice now. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. especially since they, you know, Han's dead, obviously, and they'll have to do something with Carrie. I think it will be, a, they'll have to find that emotional connection between Luke and Kylo. Mm-hmm. I think Luke has to do a lot of explaining about his relationship with Kylo. He can't keep that bottled up in this next movie then. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he did. They, they didn't know that this was going to Yeah, happen. it wasn't written with right. that knowledge. So right. What right. was there was there. Exactly. So I, I would imagine that, well, Obi-Wan sure as hell didn't tell Luke a lot, a lot, a lot about his father. No, he lied to him so, the first time he told him about him. So I don't know how forthgiving, uh, you know, Luke is going to be now telling Ray about his relationship with Kylo. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, Especially, it could be a lot of manipulation to get her to do what needs to be done. Well, he doesn't know this girl really. Right. You know? He doesn't know her that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think didn't they didn't didn't they say like did, yeah they, they've they've come out and said that, that he doesn't know who this girl is standing before him like yeah. that's been confirmed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's been confirmed he's like he says to himself in his head like i think it was jj or somebody said like when he sees her and she's extending her hand and she's holding a lightsaber he says who is this girl mm-hmm. <laughs> right holding, why does she have my lightsaber? and why does she have my lightsaber <laughs> oh, i haven't seen that in 30 years which now they're saying that that is ray's lightsaber okay cool so it's not luke is not getting it back so that's going to be her lightsaber now. That's cool. Uh, anyway, so it's it's one of those things where like, is Luke going to be? Because like this is this is eating Luke up. Mm-hmm. The fact that the, the fact that his his apprentice his his Padawan is now is now with the enemy mm-hmm. and killed his best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, how open is Luke going to be to just? I can't see him just like having this gab moment where he like breaks down and tells Ray in this next. It might happen later in the movie, but I can't see yeah. him just divulging a bunch of information at first, at least not on like an emotional level. He might say that I know the boy, you know, but I don't know right. if we're going to get much more than that from him. Like it will yeah. either be falsehoods or just incredibly guarded. Yeah. When it comes yeah. To him. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think so. I would think so. But yeah, I think, I think you're onto something, Jake, as far as like, you know, I was trying to, yeah, is it gonna, you know, how, it's got, it's gonna have to be something master and apprentice if we do get that redemption story in episode nine. It's the only way, it's the only place you can go at this point. Yeah. So, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy also revealed that the next anthology film will be decided on next month with this quote. Yes, we haven't identified it yet, but yes, we have a couple of things right now that we're circling and we'll make a decision between the two pretty shortly. It's probably for 2020 and we will make a decision by June. So, uh, guys, uh, is it going to be, uh, Obi-Wan? Or is it going to be what Josh Trank was originally supposed to get with the Boba Fett film? Or did they feel like, oh, well, Josh Trank dropped out. Of, we we kicked him out of that project. Maybe, you know, maybe the Boba Fett movie is not a good idea. Yeah, maybe there's a curse on that <laughs> maybe, in the first place. Yeah, maybe there's a reason why we're not doing Or is it going to be something completely new? As a fan, I want to do the Obi-Wan stuff before it's too late. I do too. I'm right there with you. I want to see that. <laughs> you but I might do- also see in them do some Knights of the Old Republic shit. Uh, As a fan, I don't give two shits about that. You know what? <laughs> you know, As a TV series, it would work. But as a movie, I don't think so TV much. series. TV series. Netflix. Yeah, I can see that. Take it to you Netflix. get to explain a lot more in a series than a two-hour film. Take it to yeah, Netflix. Perfect, perfect TV series premise. Kind yeah. of, kind of a stuffy movie premise. 
if take you know it, what I'm saying. Take it's a lot to try to stuff in and expect people to sit and watch. Well, you're hours. not just getting one anthology film with that. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. right. No. Um, and I'm not saying that we're just going to – these anthology films are just going to be one-shots either. Yeah, and the Obi-Wan's the perfect one for that. I mean I guess Han Solo too, but I mean if the Obi-Wan's a huge hit, you could easily make another. you got to do Obi-Wan now in yeah. my opinion. Oh, yeah, now yeah. or never. Because you can't – you can't wait like another, you know, ten years or so. Right. You can't get you and McGregor close to looking even close to like Sir <laughs> yeah. Alec Guinness. You can't, you <laughs> right. can't be older than Alec McGinnis taking yeah. place before episode four. Right now he's in the perfect age. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Do it now. Twenty twenty is perfect. And that does make like the perfect next film to do too, because like mm-hmm. everybody knows who Obi Wan is. Uh, you know, you can age him up. You can age him down if you oh, want to. Mm, yeah, I mean, you they know, can do anything but, they want to now. Well, they could have dyed Alec Guinness's hair and made him look ten years younger too. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where I think now is just it's a really good time to do it. It's really a good time yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great idea, Brian. We should uh, re-alter the original trilogy and make Alec McGinnis younger. I like what you're onto. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's <laughs> Lucas always said that if he had the property a little longer, that's what he would have done. Uh, I believe. Oh, it. I wow. believe. Yeah, it. Ewoks are blinking, and now Alex Guinness has a beautiful head of. Uh, yeah. He's gonna go with red hair. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, big old red lock, <laughs> pippy log stocking. All of a sudden, he's Scottish. Pippy Juan <laughs> Kenobi. Oh, I, 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 th- I think that's. I think it's kind of why they've been kind of tight-lipped on uh, him. Showing up at what is it? Damn it! Now I'm losing my train of thought. Fucking, uh, they've been real tight-lipped on Obi Wan if he's going to show up in any of these movies as like a Force ghost or anything mm-hmm. like. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have been really standoffish when it comes yeah. to questions about his dialogue that right. he recorded for Episode yeah. Seven yeah. and whether or not more of that kind of thing will happen, right, right? Or whether or not you and McGregor, you know, will have any involvement. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna do Obi Wan next, I would say keep him out of like. Eight nine eight nine. Just have him be in the anthology. Yeah. I think it would be really cool to learn about something in an anthology movie and then to have it surprise you by showing up in one of these like main movies. Like all the you know, that would be really neat. Like everyone wants the stupid rebels connections. But we know that wouldn't really work, you know, because you don't have enough viewership or enough right, knowledge right, of those yeah. properties. But this would work. You know, if you have as many people who saw Rogue One seeing Han Solo and Obi-Wan and you introduce a character or a concept in one of those movies and then you bring it in as a surprise in one of the episode movies, that could be a really fun payoff. Yeah, but at this point you're only talking about you could only do it in the Han Solo film mm-hmm. because – Episode nine is going to come out in 2019, you know, and like the Han Solo films coming out next year. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, unless you're slating, unless you're starting like your next group of saga films, like right after, are they going, you know, 10, 11 and 12, like right after they get done wrapping, you know, nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, all signs point to they're going to take a little bit of a break. Sure. Like. At least a bigger break than they've taken in between seven, eight, and nine. Even still, just in general, like to have something come up in there that shows up later on would be cool. Makes me wonder. It makes me wonder, like uh, you know, once we wrap, once we wrap, once they wrap nine, uh-huh. if they're gonna if they're gonna be like, okay, here's our Poe Dameron movie. Mm-hmm. You know, here's our Poe Dameron. Like, I don't know. Like, part of me 
Part of me kind of wants to see that movie. Part of me does too. I would love to see it like a movie about an X-Wing squadron. Right. That would be fucking sweet. Led by Poe Dameron? Yeah. Oh, I'm man. In. I like the idea. I like it. Yeah. It makes me, it makes me wonder if like, are we going to get like, like these anthology movies, we've always kind of thought about them as like, okay, we got Rogue One. Take place in the past. Yeah. Take yeah. place in the past. Yeah. You know, like, could, could we get like a, uh, you know, a Poe, da- just a Poe Dameron solo film. Poe Dameron doing his thing because like yeah episode nine ends and like the good guys win whatever well good guys don't always like you know yeah just like at the end of Return of the Jedi yeah it's not like it's not like okay forever and now and always everything's okay right (laughs) they'll still be first order like people to fight sure yeah stuff for Poe to do in a two hour movie and that's cool looking like kick ass doing it the idea that they could extend that and then he doesn't even necessarily have to show up in the next saga of films. Yeah, I like it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Vanity Fair asked Ryan Johnson about Snoke, and if we find out more about who he is in The Last Jedi, here's what uh, here's what uh, Vanity Fair found out. Uh, I asked uh, Ryan Johnson about Snoke. Who, what is he? And Ryan was fairly upfront in saying that Snoke is not a character he particularly gets into in The Last Jedi. Yeah, I've heard a lot of things like that too. Yeah. So I, I, he'll be in the movie. We'll see him. But from all accounts that I've heard, he'll be in it less than he was in episode seven. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And we saw the Lego figure. Yeah. 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 He's wearing his gold robes. Yeah. He's flesh colored. He yeah. looks to be on equal size as all the other characters. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Last week I talked, uh, I said that we we're going to talk about the space horse in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, here's that news from makingstarwars.net. The space horse is actually called a Favier. And they're racehorses. Say uh, that again. Favier. Okay. Uh, F-A-T-H-I-E-R. Um, they had heard that it could be Favier with an mm-hmm. L in there, but mm-hmm. it's actually Favier. Uh, they're racehorses. Uh, Canto Bite has gambling, and we used to call it the Casino Planet. Uh, well, the Fathiers are high-dollar racehorses on the world. The beige-brown Fathiers were glimpsed last summer during filming on location in Dubrovnik. The head of the horse is sort of like a cross between a Tauntaun and the Luck Dragon from The NeverEnding Story. <laughs> um, I've seen it from the back. I've seen it from the front. Jake, you've seen – have you, you seen the front? You've shown me pictures, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly what it looks like. Um, last, fr- uh, la- here, the article goes on to say, last summer a friend in Dubrovnik told us about the filming and sent us some photos as well. Uh, this combined with some new information, I have learned that the sequence begins in the stables. Finn and Rose appear to be on the run, chased by men in luxury speeders, and the Star Wars equivalent of tuxedos and formal wear. Uh, Finn and Rose... Uh, duck into the stables and they're met by an alien that tends to the stables. Inside there are jockeys too. Uh, Finn fast talks the guy as they steal the fadier and race away on the stolen steed. They're eventually engaged in a fight with the speeder and the fancy uh, canto bite guys. After they defeat the guys in the speeder, thanks to Rose, they ride up into a coffee shop or cafe and meet their contact as scheduled. Uh, contact is probably going to be DJ, mm. uh, played by uh, Benicio Del Toro, I would imagine. But um, yeah, um, from the set pictures um, from Vanity Fair, they had the aliens that we're going to see in Canto Bite 
Yeah, I saw those on your uh, post. On the yeah, the, the pop culture leftovers page, I posted the pictures, and yeah, it, it basically looks like um, formal dress wear, like you know, mm-hmm. like really nice suits, and like this is a rich. I thought it was going to be a grimy casino planet. Yeah, kind of yeah. like what we saw in episode two <laughs> yeah. when they when they are forced to land when they're ch- chasing uh, what's her name, Wessel. And this seems like it's about it's for the rich and the elite, and um, they watch these. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I need to take a drink. Of water. No, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, you're you're completely right, though. It did look like a really high class casino planet, yeah, yeah. rather than some really scummy like under the table. It's kind of neat too because we really haven't seen a lot of that upper class like formal wear type shit. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. And check this out: the cafe is like something out of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, bright. <laughs> Bright colors of space beans that look like candy, to be honest. I saw it once, and it was like a neon Starbucks. I really can't do it justice, but just know it was bright and sugary. (laughs) Uh, The food inside looks like jelly beans, but I don't think that's the intent. Mm. I love jelly beans. Yeah. So Jolly Rancher ones are the best. Mm, they're, they're all good. <laughs> I like the sweet tart jelly, jelly beans too. Oh, those are good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You ever had the Starburst jelly beans? Oh, yes. Yeah, those are fantastic. every fucking Easter I get Starburst yeah. and uh, yeah, the fucking Jolly Rancher ones. Yeah, I love those motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, let's see here. How about this? How about that? <laughs> Catch me outside. <laughs> No. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm over there? Yeah. Man. I was coughing earlier. Wow. <laughs> so we're all going <laughs> to. I do so much talking on this damn thing. This wor- worst episode ever? No. no, 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 no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, it's pretty crampy. No, no, no. What mm. I was talking to you guys about before, <laughs> I still think that was the worst ever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I listened to that episode. I wasn't on it. I can tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll listen to you. Over what? There. <laughs> I wasn't on it. I can't remember all the ones I'm on are good. Good content, no, Ryan. No, 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 no. no. I like. I, I, I can't remember if I was on the show at that point. I don't when know when that show aired. I can't remember because I was still working. Yeah, yeah, you were. You were. You were. You were. Because I remember I was doing a floor when I listened to that show. Yeah, you were. Shit, you were. Because that episode took place in my basement, and we never did an episode in my basement until after you'd already been yeah, on the Yeah, that's on the true. Show. That's true, because it was always Jay's mm-hmm. before that. Yeah, this is a fun conversation for everybody. <laughs> that don't know what the fuck we're talking about. It's yeah. the worst. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Guys, I, I barely got any sleep last night, and my allergies suck, and uh, I would love to read your emails. I mean that with all my heart. God damn it. They just, they're stacking up, Jake. <laughs> uh, He's already said fuck and he took his head. So. And then, yeah, my ears are hurting. And then <laughs> next week we're doing Wonder Woman, so yeah. we're not going to be able to read emails then. <clears throat> yeah. So the week after that, nothing but emails, right? Holy shit. The pop shit. culture left oh over emails. You know what? If anything, hey, tell you what, tell you what. We need to, like, if we don't, we need to get, we need to get together sometime during the week. Yeah, I'll get on, on Skype, Skype with you yeah, and just Skype fucking read emails. Sure. We'll do yeah. emails. Let's get it done. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. The all email episode. Yeah, I'm off Thursday. I'm on Skype during the afternoon to do some emails. Yeah, I mean, I'll tack it in at the. You're off on Thursday. Yeah, let's do it Thursday. I got no kids uh, till five o'clock that night. All right. I mean, I'm going to see Wonder Woman at seven. But yeah, let's start at like one p.m. and do like two, three hours of emails. That would be killer. Yeah, and we'll tack it in at the end of uh, of one of the episodes or something. Cool. Or bonus episode. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this probably won't happen. 
I'm in. Yeah, just tell me. I'll do it. I'll do it Thursday. I'll mow my lawn. We'll do emails. I'm, I'll do I'll sure. I'll... 1 p.m. 1 p.m.? For sure, yeah. man. I'll sit right. in my garage with the garage door open. Cool. No worries. 1 p.m. on I Thursday. nobody that day. All right. Just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Wonder Woman. Peace out. See you Thursday. <laughs> thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before And we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, paint it, race it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture Pushed over pop culture